As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! Hey, welcome to another episode of Your Next Day Week. I'm your host, Josh G. And it's getting to be Christmas time, everybody, so it's going to be another deep dive. But first, let's introduce our guest. Please welcome back to the show, Chris. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here. And of course, joining him as always, his brother, Chad. Hello, it's a pleasure to be here. For those that are listening and follow us on Twitter and everything, you might have saw we put up a poll and we put up Chris's choice of Black Christmas and then Chad added the choice of Scrooged, and overwhelmingly, Scrooge won that. And I think Chris ran a little mini poll on his Instagram somewhere, and I think Scrooge took that too as well, right, Chris? Yeah, Scrooge was a favorite. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a classic, one that I discovered for the first time last year. Boo, you're way behind. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But let's let's. Let's just go ahead and jump right in. We're going to be talking about 1988's Scrooged. Frank Cross is a man of true vanity whose specialty is inhumanity. He's fired? It's Christmas. Thank you. Call the county. Stop his bonus. Then he saw three new whips. Now what scares him the most? I'm the ghost of Christmas present. Is the chance that he's losing his sanity. Oh, I'm having the weirdest Bill Murray, Scrooged, rated PG-13. Starts Wednesday, November 23rd at theaters everywhere. Scrooge was released on November 23rd, 1988, so right before Thanksgiving, which a lot of Christmas movies seem to be released then. Currently has a Rotten Tomato critic score of 69% and an audience score of 71%, both which I kind of found pretty low, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how you feel. We'll get into that. But this movie came in with a budget of $32 million and ended up grossing $60.3 million. If we go by the double and triple standards, it almost doubled its money. But overall, not as big a hit as I thought it was, honestly. Of course, we have yeah, Bill Murray. It makes me wonder what came out that year, too, with it. So You're right. Depending on this competition. Right. I didn't look that up. I'm not sure. It's a good question. Not positive. So, of course, this movie stars... Bill Murray as Frank Cross and then everyone else, right? I mean, this is a Bill Murray movie <laughs> through and through. Yeah. And it's directed by Richard Donner, who's done things such as Superman, The Goonies, all the lethal weapons. I mean, this dude's done a lot of stuff. Right. And actually, I was telling Chad, if you saw like a little cameo towards the end, at least that's where I spotted it with someone from The Goonies. Oh, you talking about in the homeless shelter? Well, no, actually, it's the very end on the set of their live Scrooge thing that they were doing, and they were starting the singing process, and then there's like a small cameo of someone who was also in uh, the Goonies. Okay, we'll get there. But actually, in- I'm kind of interested to tell me about the one you saw at the homeless shelter, because I missed that one. Oh, okay. All right, so, well, actually, when I saw it, I just saw it for the first time last year. What about you, Chris? When did you first see this? Like, a long time ago? Uh, this- yeah, long time ago for me. The only thing is, is that I can remember really seeing it bits and pieces through the years when I was a kid, just because I know, gosh, maybe dad 
you know, would have watched it or something like that. Mm. I think he even may have had it recorded on VHS from HBO back in the day, but it was, I never really got the full scope of the whole movie. And actually it wasn't until years later that it finally made sense to me with some parts of the movie, because every time I saw it, I always thought it was chaotic. And I was like, what is going on here? And it was just trippy. (laughs) And I just never really got it, but I always thought the scenes were funny with some moments of it, you know, but. Oh, and also like as as a kid, some of the scenes were kind of scary. Yeah. Too. Because it definitely has that horror element to it, which, you know, the original uh, Scrooge novel is a horror tale, you know, so. Yeah, it has, especially at that beginning, to mm-hmm. me, you know, it shows some of that. But yeah, I thought it was a trippy thing. And I I did not realize, too, how back then Scrooge was, oh, my God, reimagined in so many ways in yeah. TV shows and in movies like it was. So, you know, like when I was a kid, it was like Mickey's Christmas Carol, for example. Mm-hmm. So I, I knew that, but I had no idea that the, <laughs> or, or the Muppets, too. Like I had no idea that the stories were pretty much the same off of one story or something right. that's how i felt like was scrooge so even though i'm like oh duh, that's in the title but <laughs> but it still seemed kind of weird in and in a weird way for me as a kid i just somehow was not connecting the dots until i got a little older i don't know that i sounds stupid but <laughs> that's no, i don't i don't I, i'm not gonna say that i think <laughs> yeah as a little kid this movie would be a lot to take in you probably would miss a lot of the especially the messages behind it you know yeah absolutely <laughs> right, well, let's let's just let's go let's dive right in so first we get this oh i love this theme that danny elfman puts over the front you know oh that was funny because <laughs> i mean chad what was probably the first time you really saw this movie straight through Mm, it was a long while back but i mean i can't give you a particular certain day month and time that, and yeah i don't remember i mean it was probably when i was in high school maybe okay. when it was on tv or something i'm not sure because it's kind of funny because this is probably the first time he's seen it in a long time very long time yeah and so when the beginning started he was like is that danny elfman like he just <laughs> called it right and you can and I think that's how it is with it seems a like lot a, of moviegoers. You can instantly kind of tell. It seems like a Tim Burton Danny movie when it it's does. opening. Yeah, yeah, it, it really does. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because like you can tell, like a lot of the, um, I guess like some of the, the melody of some of the the that theme that's opening, like, and even in some of the scoring throughout the film, like you can kind of hear how Danny Elfman sort of recycled some of that for Batman Returns. You know, especially like when he kind of has like that sort of like that bell toll yeah. sound, like bum, yeah. bum, that Christmassy bum, kind of weird bum, bell. Bum, bum. Yeah. Like you can kind of hear that like recycled, and, and it must be like his idea of like what wintry sounds like in his brain. Yeah. Well, especially with the tone of it, like depending yeah. on the, the tone of the scene or something like that, or even the tone of the movie. But Chad just called it instantly he just knew it right there and but danny elfman's just one of those guys that you kind of yeah. know you know right. his, his scoring mm-hmm. but it's oh. funny because like the beginning like it doesn't have any credits or anything mm. it just has the title <clears throat> but i like the, i do like that opening yeah because <laughs> yeah, I, I was sitting there thinking for a second is this is the first time i've seen it in a while and i kept thinking are we watching the same movie here? Because this doesn't look like it's screwed. But, but I totally forgot really about 
the whole beginning yeah, of it, which I is did crazy. Too, to be honest with you, but I I laughed out loud with it because it was just hilarious. Yeah, because like you said, you're getting the theme. You're above the clouds. You see a big tree. You're getting a snowy town. It says you're in the North Pole, and it's giving you a thing at eight o'clock. And it's like you get you get elves working inside Santa's workshop, and <laughs> Santa, Santa's yelling. He's afraid there's gonna Kevin be a terrorist claws attack. Yelling at each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, Lee Majors, as Lee Majors, steps in. And he, at first, he looked like he's wearing like a suit. Oh, from the thing. Well, wait, we gotta, we gotta, yeah. we gotta set it up though, because for people who may not have seen it, this is a point where you open up with the North Pole. You got Santa's workshop going on. You got all these elves. And by the way, the makeup effects on these elves is pretty <laughs> creepy looking. Anyway, they look like those old. I don't know how it, like those old elf designs from maybe back in the 40s or the they had those weird kind of bulbous nose and the weird extra cheeks on them (laughs) and like there's that one girl the one girl elf i think that's in there Mm -hmm. that has like kind of that spike cheekbones i don't know if you notice that with the girl with the dark hair Mm -hmm. and so they're all in there santa's kind of like everyone work together we're gonna make sure this is good and then that elf slides down on time he's like you're gonna smash those doors and blah blah blah. (laughs) and you got mrs claus who by the way has you got a lot of people in this movie where they're going to look familiar. There are a lot of older actors who you've probably mm-hmm. seen in television and small roles, supporting roles and stuff like that. And Mrs. Claus, I recognized, I think from, um, uh, I wanted to say, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead, but I don't think that's right. I think she was, oh man, I've seen her in one of the sitcoms, maybe in mama's family. Now that I think about it, when she was getting that job at the car, auto dealer maybe i think it was the wife of that couple she just looks familiar she's one of those hmm. faces that you've yeah. seen everywhere but i love that all of a sudden on the outside these jets just come blowing in <laughs> and it looks like special agents or something coming in and they got guns coming up <laughs> santa's like we got to protect our place and next thing you know mrs santa reveals that whole closet of them having oh, assault <laughs> rifles <laughs> she starts handing them out and then you got one guy who comes off of jet he's dressed all in white he comes to the door and of course like josh said it's lee majors of the bionic man <laughs> well the six million dollars yeah 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 <laughs> which was a great show back in the day if right. you guys have never seen right. it because they crossed over with the bionic, bionic woman, and they did movies and they, they even did crossovers with like the hulk that's right with, uh, they did bixby and stuff yeah i totally forgot but yeah it's just i love that whole stuff because you're sitting there going, what <laughs> is going on now santa claus is and like josh like said, die hard all of a sudden <laughs> it's like die hard before die hard like josh said like lee majors is dressed like something out of the thing he's got like <laughs> yes. big poofy arctic well, he traveled all the way to the North Pole. <laughs> he's got to stay warm. And meanwhile, he's got to be ready to help Santa to protect <laughs> the workshop. He's like, I love Santa too. He's like, well, we got the back door, but Santa is going through, through the front, front door. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, we got to go, Santa. Which way is the back? He's like, we have a back door, but I'm only going through the front door. <laughs> uh, and this is where we get the title, The Night the Reindeer Died. <laughs> Which is it's funny because... You know, one of the companies, and I've had the owner on from Fright Rags, they had made a shirt called The Night the Reindeer Died. I had no idea what it was from until last year when I watched this. (laughs) Right. But, yeah. That's hilarious. And the thing is, like, you don't see reindeer die in that (laughs) Although that would have been kind of morbid, funny and morbid (laughs) and traumatic at the same time if they showed 
I don't know, an explosion where the reindeers were, and then they have the title. It's like the night the reindeer died. And what's crazy is that looks like this action-packed, like almost TV movie that's starting at 8 o'clock. But no, it's a 30-minute show because at 8.30, we get to the next show. (laughs) You're going to pack that all in in 30 minutes? That seems like a lot to pack in. Because I, I, you get this guy rowing through the swamp, and it was, uh, was it Bob Goulet's old fashioned Cajun Christmas? <laughs> yes. And I love, like, all of a sudden you hear this hissing, and you like, turn around, he's and there's like, an alligator trailing him from Bob. He's like looking at it as like he's slowly <laughs> rowing and singing at the same time. And he's in a suit, and he's in a tuxedo <laughs> yeah, or something. Tuxedo <laughs> right. And then we move to 9 p.m., and this is all happening on Christmas Eve. This is the Christmas Eve lineup. Yeah. Right. And you get this woman, she's pulling cookies out of the oven. Son walks in. She's like, <laughs> she's like where's dad at? And he's like, Well, if I know your father, he's he's out chasing beaver. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of funny because I think that's the actress who was June in the original Leave It to Beaver. Oh, oh was it? Okay. I think it is the original actress. Okay, she looks like her, and I think it is. Yeah, okay. she doesn't look like her. Because you got a lot right. of these cameos that come mm-hmm. through in this movie. There's so many of them. There's so many, you're right. And then, yeah, this one is the show, Father Loves Beaver. <laughs> right, and I love how it shows the face of the son there for a second. He's like, well, of course. You know, like, oh, that's usual. Yay, more puns. <laughs> yeah. At that point, it's kind of like, maybe like a like father like son moment because it seems like as if the son's like oh i know what that is i've done that too you learn it's from ibc television but now we're cutting to the boardroom where bill murray we first meet bill murray and he's just looking completely dissatisfied with this commercial for this thing <laughs> i'm like i don't know it looks like an action pack at least for the night like like out That's- of the packed like two hour slot (laughs) yeah and out of that out of that night what do you guys want to watch the most because i'm picking the The night night the reindeer reindeer died the the reindeer Mm -hmm. died yep it it easily looks like the best maybe also father loves beaver depending on how (laughs) how uh dramatic and erotic it can be maybe i don't know well, I am one looks cute at least. Yeah. Well, and, and, and it starts at nine, so it's got a later time slot, and there's sure. nothing coming behind it at 9 30. So is is it an hour-long show? You know, we don't know. Mm, that's a good point. And then the other thing I think it's kind of funny is like you brought up a good point. It's a half hour show. So is this a limited series, I guess? <laughs> or is this a season a season <laughs> series thing so because i'm sitting there with the night the reindeer died that sounds like <laughs> a very specific christmas thing rather than maybe a show that's doing a christmas show right and this episode i guess you like right you would think it would be a lee majors tv show that just happens to be like mm-hmm. oh he, in this episode he fights alongside santa claus mm-hmm. <laughs> right but no it makes it seem like this christmas eve is just a specialty shows like these are one-offs oh yeah. yeah but you know what this those previews are nothing compared to what bill murray then later brings up <laughs> yeah when I mean, he's like people have to be terrified of missing the, <laughs> the scrooge special but chad brought up a funny thing too because he goes he goes Bill Murray watched all of that on multiple TV screens. Like, why not one big old that screen? Was, that was the thing about that about that boardroom. They had like, you know, I don't know, like twenty was it twenty monitors just like stacked on each other, yeah. and like they were all playing like each screen was playing the same thing. I'm like, how the fuck do you concentrate on like just one? Like, I understand yeah. if it was like 
multiple screens that played like one big image, but they were each playing the same, right? The same, same thing. thing. Yep. And that's it was the 80s though, because I feel like there was other movies and shows that did the same thing in boardroom, like maybe Robocop. Had I was gonna say Robocop, right? I was thinking Robocop. And they had the same thing, it's like all of a sudden, it's like who's got the most TVs or something, or the most <laughs> monitors to show this, right? I think, yeah, I think there's something to that, Chris. It's the 80s thing, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. <laughs> and then, like, in that boardroom, like, we see more cameos we do yeah well, at least like, people i recognize like the actress that the played actress. the mom mm-hmm. in monster squad oh yeah yeah <laughs> and her name's ted in this for some reason <laughs> <laughs> yes mary ellen trainer yes i had her i think i wrote her down later but yeah because she comes back but yeah you get this boardroom like you say you get mary ellen trainer you get bobcat go away i don't know if you guys recognize anybody mm-hmm. oh yeah oh yeah but he definitely cleaned up really nicely in this one i have to say because i'm used to seeing him like this ragged like police like, academy police like academy. one of the first things yeah. i've ever seen him in <laughs> okay okay so yeah like everybody's looking at bill murray's character and they're just looking scared they're terrified what is he going to think because he's looking completely dissatisfied and of course he what he wants he wants to see the scrooge promo so they're playing the scrooge promo and this is a, a lot of cameos but i don't really know these people so, oh yeah yeah it's one of the it's the faces thing right you see the faces all the time but you're mm-hmm. not used to the names well I, I mean the guy reading the scrooge story his name's john houseman and you got starring buddy hackett james- <laughs> <laughs> buddy hackett, that's right that's all I forgot. jamie farr you, you got oh, the, yep jamie farr you got the solid gold dancers as the scrooge <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Which I think I was reading that, you know, Solid Gold, that was a show, but it had been canceled by the time this movie actually got released. So that kind of made that irrelevant by the time. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. They said, I was reading that they said that this movie was like the last appearance of the Solid Gold dancers. Oh. (laughs) Right. And then my favorite cameo from me, who knew the Olympics in the 80s, or if you know, Mary Lou Retton. (laughs) Mary Lou Retton coming in doing her cartwheels (laughs) and backflips. God bless everyone. (laughs) That's right. So is, I think they end up using that same footage later on for the actual movements or something when he's down later on the set. So I'm like, so they were so how are she doing that? The same thing again and real motion at that point, in real time at that point, versus the exact same recording they did on the screen. Hey, she's talented, Chris. She could do it over and over. Sure. And, over. and they were rehearsing too. They were rehearsing because it was a live. It was going to be a live. But if you yeah, look, it looks like the exact same footage. Yeah, yeah. You know what? The exact same footage they shot. Maybe they just chose. Well, they the... pr- they probably did just reshow it, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying ass- it was just one of those little that. details I was just kind of noticing. And this actually, this also is this is what's ending that Christmas Eve night. So maybe this is what's coming on in the nine thirty time slot part, mm. perhaps. But of course, like you say, he say this promo sucks. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and don't forget his assistant, uh, Claire, right? No, 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 Claire. Grace, uh, Grace, Grace, Grace. Thank you. Yeah. Played by the wonderful who, Josh? Alfred Wood Wood Woodard? Woodward. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. You're you're close. You're close. But yeah, she's there too. So she's mm-hmm. part of our major part of the cast. But like when he says it sucks, this one board member's like, "Yeah, but kids love athletes. That's why they have Mary Lou Retton." Which mm-hmm. in 1980 makes sense because mm-hmm. I think the Olympics were in '84 when she did that. When she like yeah, didn't she win with medal, like a broken ankle right? or something? Like, yeah, yeah, there was she, something kind of dramatic with that, and it made her 
like oh, the she's American like the Nancy Kerrigan of she, like, <laughs> yeah, because you know how like Wheaties always did the athletes on the box Series covers, box, yeah. right? She, I think, also got on the cover of that box after the Olympics as mm. well because she was just that she was that star athlete in that moment, right? And then, of course, our buddy Bobcat Goldway speaks up and he's telling Frank they've been running the spot and people want to watch it, they're showing they want to. So, and this is where you're saying Frank's like, I'm the youngest president in history. I didn't get there from playing it safe, basically. Another guy just starts laughing because he likes seeing Bobcat get yelled at, but then Frank gives <laughs> him a dirty look and he shuts up real quick. <laughs> yeah. And and then, like you said, this is where he talks about you got to make them scared to miss it, and he shows his promo, and it's like starting <laughs> off with like acid rain. <laughs> this woman's under an umbrella, and it's just burning her skin. <laughs> you get the drug addiction people. <laughs> oh god yeah, yeah. You, you remember the voiceover on it so you're doing the same thing it was like it it's also like something like spike tv drugs, drugs. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. and, and then, then it was like nuclear bombing or something like that international terrorism That's a- <laughs> and it shows a plane exploding in the sky <laughs> and then you even get freeway killers at the end and it's like now is more important than ever to know the true meaning of Christmas. Your life may depend on it. That's Scrooge. <laughs> and I'm like, you're not going to see any of that during the special, but okay. No. Sure, sell it like- and the thing is, like, there was nothing in there that screamed Scrooge. <laughs> no, no. no. Scrooge. And you know, Scrooge. Yeah. And you know, if you tune in, you're not going to see any of that. And you're going to be like, what the hell? And be no. mad. <laughs> That would but, be a far worse. What was it? Psychedelic trip than compared to what I thought this movie was when I was a kid. <laughs> what was it? One of the yeah. board members was like, "It looks like a promo for the Manson family Christmas or something." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're right. He did, they want somebody does say that. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'd probably watch that that special. It looks like it's going to be highly entertaining. It's <laughs> Josh. Oh, well, you're not. You're not nuclear meltdown. <laughs> Everybody. And this was also in the 80s, too, like in the middle of like nuclear threats and stuff, yeah. too. So, holy crap. <laughs> right. The Cold War, I guess. You yeah, know? exactly. Very true. So now everybody's leaving. But of course, what's Bobcats now? Elliot. Elliot. That's Elliot. Name. Elliot Loudermilk. What a name. <laughs> I know, right? That last name. <laughs> Uh, he wants to talk to Frank. He's saying he's in fact, this is where he says it, Chad. He's like, that has nothing to do with Scrooge. It looks like a Manson family yes. Christmas special. <laughs> and Frank's like, well, it's a little late for this feedback, don't you think? And of course, he's like, well, you just showed it to me for the first time. <laughs> he's like, oh, OK, well, I'll tell you what, if you can change my mind, if I change my mind in five minutes, I'll let you know about showing the other. One. I'm like, this dude's an ass. Frank is an ass. Oh, yeah. yes, he is. I will say, though. Frank has a good joke here, and people don't get it, and it goes unnoticed. If you don't want to scare the Dickens out of people, it's a oh, good yeah. joke for Scrooge. I mean, come on, Charles Dickens will play. No one catches it, and he and he brings up no, no one's going to say anything about that. And this is where he tells Grace, the secretary, to have Elliot fired on Christmas. Well, she says Christmas. I guess it's Christmas she's like, Eve. Oh, yeah, she's like on Christmas Eve, <laughs> or she's like it's Christmas, and he's like, so what? Or, and then like. <laughs> She calls the, the security and she's like, code nine. Code nine. Code nine. <laughs> <laughs> like, Elliot Loudermilk, code nine. And then, and then, of course, he sees the picture, right? Yeah, he sees the picture that her kid drew in her cubicle and he doesn't like it. And he tears it off the wall. I'm like, I would be what? mad. I would be, I would mad be too. If you tore my kid's drawing that they did for me off my wall, I'd have a big problem with that. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd have a big problem with that. And then we cut to a quick scene. Elliot sitting on the sidewalk. He's gotten the news, so he's on the sidewalk crying at this point. 
and calling his wife or no he's preparing to a speech to his wife <laughs> yeah yeah he's preparing <laughs> like honey we may have to move into his to studio, his apartment. studio apartment <laughs> yeah then we get Gracie's. She's reading off Frank's Christmas list, and he's telling her who to get a towel and who to get a VCR. Who to get a towel? Who to get a VCR? <laughs> a towel and a towel and a towel. <laughs> he's like towel, towel, towel. <laughs> yeah, but, I've got some for towels. <laughs> very, very few people. Well, apparently, oh, and then her. Find out I felt later. bad for her because she's like, "What about my bonus?" He's like, "Uh, towel." Yeah. Well, he says, "Put yourself down for a towel." She's like, "What about my bonus?" That that's it. <laughs> it's yeah. a nice towel yeah it's not like she was about to tell him off until <laughs> you guys remember then we yeah, get the, the, the visit from robert meacham robert meacham comes in classic legend actor in hollywood as well oh i i got that down later because first okay, we have gotcha. security bringing elliot his stuff yeah mm. i forgot to write down who that was but you're right because he's telling her yeah that's where i wrote about getting his own brother a towel as well which is played by his actual brother, by the yes. way. Yes. You know, I didn't brother. even know that for a while. I they looked so different, so I didn't realize that either. Yeah. Actually, his uh, he has a couple other brothers that make cameos um in the movie too. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, you guys have to let me know who and when. One of them is just on the set, so I couldn't mm-hmm. point out who he is, but I can tell you when we get to the other one. The older okay. brother. Yeah. But yes, the head I put head of network because I didn't know his name. What's his name? Preston. But yes, Robert yeah, Meacham. Yeah. Yep, Preston comes in <laughs> and he goes in. He's talking about how there's 27 million cats in the world and 48 <laughs> million dogs, and people spend four billion dollars on pet food. It's time we start creating some TV for animals. They're going to be oh, watching soon. But wait, he said there and he said, and scientists say, yeah, that these animals are watching TV. And I'm sitting there going, and I, I feel like Bill Murray in that moment. He's sitting there going, Are you fucking are you, serious? Are you kidding me right now? You say, are you thinking that we should make a TV show for yeah. cats? <laughs> he's, what was he? He's like, he's like, in, what is he said? Four years, something like that. He's like, they could be our one of our. So yes, he's talking about like, like door mice. The cats will watch. Maybe a cop that dangles strings. And of course, when he when he said that, I I immediately go. My mind goes to Sleepwalkers with the cop. He's like, get the oh, bad yeah. guy, get, get the, the bad guy. Yeah, get that motherfucker. <laughs> Boy, get the bad guy. Get the bad guy. Get the bad guy. Come on, Quilthus. Here we go. Get that motherfucker. <laughs> All right. Good boy, Clovis. <laughs> what are you looking at, you cat? Oh, yes. The old TV edited version. <laughs> that meeting is Frank's heading out, and this is where you first meet Bryce Cummins. He's coming out of the elevator. We don't know who this guy is yet. He's just really excited to meet frank and frank's like who the hell are you you know <laughs> which reminds me do you, you did you ever find out i should have looked it up before then but do you know the actor who plays him oh his name's john glover but that's the thing that's great about this movie is i found myself going i know this face i know this actor i've seen him in <laughs> blah, blah 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 it must be this or that and that's the thing about this movie it's so chock full of those faces that mm-hmm. you have seen at some point or another on TV and in film, they're littered everywhere. <laughs> oh, Chad. Oh, yes, my tangent on littering. Don't do it. Pick up your fucking garbage. <laughs> That's our PSA for the night. <laughs> and don't, but don't say that to somebody who like look like they might kill you. But if you see somebody drop something, you say, "Oh, you dropped something." And if they don't, like, pick it the fuck up. Exactly. Or they might give you the pick up your trash. (laughs) 
Yeah, so don't leave your fucking shopping carts in the parking in the parking lot, lot mm-hmm. and don't throw your trash on the ground. Be responsible. Captain Planet would want you to be that. Ask yourself right. what Captain Planet would do. And that has been a PSA by Chad. <laughs> That's our sponsor by Chad Blevins. All right, so as I said, you know, you meet Bryce for the first time. He's coming out of the elevator. I guess he has these people hold the door open this whole time. I think so. Yeah, because he told him he's, he told him when he got off the elevator, he's like, yeah, hold that door open. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, because he was going fast. Yeah, he was going he was fast. Talking, and yeah. it was just... It was like a hi, nice to meet you kind of thing. Glad to work with you, blah, blah, blah. And then out, like he didn't care for a response from mm-hmm. Frank at that point. Right. And Frank runs back to his office. He runs to Grace and he, he tells this other woman, slam that door for me. And he's telling Grace that, you know, we're going to have to work late. Like we said, it's already Christmas. It's either Christmas Eve or 23rd, somewhere right in there. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's Christmas Eve already. But... I think it is. Yeah. And she's like, you know, I need to take my son to the doctor. And he's like, but. If you can't work late, I can't work late. And if I can't work late, I can't work late. <laughs> Grace, when I work late, you work late. But I made the appointment two months ago. I care. We're indivisible. If I'm working late, you gotta work late. If you can't work late, I can't work late. If I can't work late, I can't work late. I like to what she said. I'm like, but I scheduled this a month in advance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he, he doesn't care because as as we learned, Frank is an ass. But the weird thing is, as we find out, she does end up taking him to the doctor. Mm-hmm. You're right. So I don't know. You're and right. She, I don't know. Although that seems pretty funny too, the way that <laughs> it shows that she's coming <laughs> off the, the train. I'll, I'll tell you guys when we get there, but I thought that was pretty funny. So yeah, she also she Frank walks off. He, she tells him her brother waiting. So now we get Frank and his brother, his actual brother, heading out. They're in the streets. People are irritated. Frank seems irritated. He's like, Frank, are you okay? He's like, he's like, he loves it because it's cold and people are going to stay in and all they're going to do is watch TV. And then, oh, this is pretty funny shit. Yeah, that scene is pretty funny. Even though he's an asshole, it's pretty funny. (laughs) To this lady right here? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this Frank, (laughs) this old lady is trying to hell a taxi. And Hell, maybe she's got presents in her hand. She's like carrying a bunch of stuff. <laughs> yep. And, and Frank tells her, "Oh, Miss, you dropped something there." And when she tries to pick it up, he gets in the cab. I was like, "What?" And she and he even says, "Bye, bye, Grandma." And I was like, "Oh, what an <laughs> asshole!" I was like, "Oh my, how in the head?" And not only that, he said he does this to get this cab. And what's he doing? He's going to accept the humanitarian of the year. <laughs> right. And I love his fake speech. He's like, I will cherish this reward forever. <laughs> and then he rides back. Yeah. And he like, uh, yeah. I guess they cut like to him riding back to the office right after that. And he just leaves it in the day. He just cab. leaves he it in the cab. And just back that. to his office. <laughs> but he loved his Emmys. He, lo- he loved his Emmys, which he had in his office. Right. He didn't care about the humanitarian of the year because, well, he doesn't. <laughs> I, how the hell did he get that award? And you know what? And it was a small yes. award, too. So maybe that's one thing. No, it's probably really it's not big enough. <laughs> it wasn't big enough. Exactly. It wasn't big enough. What? Okay. So before we get him actually leaving it in the cab, we get a quick scene of Elliot outside. He's he's practicing his speech to Frank and he's 
he's opening oh, up. A, yeah. You know, he's got a liquor bottle in the brown paper bag. Oh, <laughs> that poor guy. <laughs> and of course, what happens? The taxi rides by and splashes him. I don't oh. think that taxi did it on purpose because it looked like it swung by a little bit to just splash too that. close to the curb. It did. Yeah. So he can splash that water all up on him. And then, of course, he had that paper bag with his alcohol in it and right. trenched. And then the thing falls out and it busts. The bottle falls like, out of the oh bag. Oh my god, poor guy. <laughs> yeah, paper bag gets wet and yeah, it falls right through. And then, like I said, we get the Frank in the cab and leaving it and walking back into the building. And then here's where we go back to Grace, Chris. So, oh yeah, where she's walking with her child. <laughs> okay, she's not even walking with him. Did you guys notice like the way she was holding him when she got <laughs> and coming down the set? She wasn't even like holding him regularly. You know, like maybe like on her hip or something like that. She was holding him like to the side, like as if he was a like bag, a duffel bag, or, bag or something. Bag. <laughs> and she's there going two hundred dollars to a doctor. Yep. He says you can't talk. I already know you can't talk. <laughs> but the way she carried him was like, does it look like a purse or something that she was carrying? Yeah. That's that's called a football carry, Chris. A football carry. <laughs> Josh has done that with his own kids. Yeah. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. That's true. Get them down those steps. Damn right. Especially the uh, spe- oh, especially the escalators, right? All right, and then we get a shot of Frank back up in the office. I can't remember if he's doing anything, but before the room starts to shake, you know, and then the doors start being punched in like some beast is knocking in these metal doors. <laughs> I like how that was how he's in there going like, Grace. It's like, so, he's like, Grace, dude, he's like, get the doors or something. <laughs> Why do you think it's like a backwoods thing? Like, Grace, get the doors. <laughs> Yeah, Bill Murray didn't do that, Chris. <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess I just kind of imagine that's what a, a hick would do. Grace, get the door. But yeah, he grabs the gun. Eventually, the doors just explode. And this is his old boss. Uh, what's his name? Hayward or whatever. Who was also played by a legendary just, actor. Yeah, yes. John Forsythe. Mm-hmm. Looks yeah. like John Forsythe. Which is where he looks so different under makeup. <laughs> yeah, I, you would not. I could not have tell that was John. That was. I mean, he's favorite. like completely zombified. Yeah. Yes, very much. The makeup so. is so good mm-hmm. on on this, and it's creepy. That's what makes it like yeah. terrifying when we were kids and we was seeing something like that. And then, of course, you see him coming in there, and he's dragging a thing of uh, golf golf clubs, golf clubs <laughs> yeah. with him. And I like how he's in there to get the the drink. In particular, yeah. and then he starts shooting his boss, right? But his boss is just like, <laughs> just, Dang, annoyed. Enough time. I'm just gonna... <laughs> but then in the meantime, he stops and he notices, of course, this little thing poking out the back of his skull, only to find it's a golf <laughs> ball that gets pushed, pushed out, out by a mouse. By a mouse. A rat. <laughs> and then yep. the mouse goes back in. <laughs> yep. And he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that was funny. And he's like, Gets that drink, and then of course the drink comes out of all the bullet holes. Right, you know it's got to be the comedy little thing. Yeah. Oh man, good moment though. Yeah, and then he 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 reminds him he's been dead for seven years, and Frank's like, "Don't look a day past three years." I was like, but yeah, he ends up telling him that you know, you like you said, you saw the golf ball in the head, so you kind of think that's how he died. But he says he actually had a heart attack on the golf course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's like, "What was it?" He was a basically saying like oh there's plenty of time for you he's like but you know i basically he was saying i took advantage of yeah not doing the right thing not being kind not being yep. caring enough or whatever um he was more obsessed with 
himself, himself and his, his money and his yeah. money and with women. But yeah. I like how um, <laughs> when Bill Murray gets close to him at one point, he's like, ah, he's like, you know, and the women find me adorable. And he's like, really adorable. <laughs> he's like, come on, we know you paid for the women. <laughs> and, and Frank's character is sitting there and giving him all this praise. You're the captain of industry. You're feared by man, adored by woman. You're the man who invented the miniseries. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he's like speaking to him, and he kind of has like a that moment, like, oh yeah, <laughs> he's, he's like, like smelling his breath. breath. He's yeah. like, oh. <laughs> That's where, he, of course, he tells Frank he'll be visited by three ghosts, and the first one will be there the next day at noon. So I think the next day is Christmas Eve. So this must be the twenty third. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. yeah, because we go the next day, and Frank says he's too busy, but maybe he could squeeze him in for a breakfast at best. <laughs> And at this point, Hayward just picks him up and holds him like he's pushing him through the window. And it's kind of like he's it's a very Ghostbusters kind of moment. Mm-hmm. Right. Wait. Some of the effects that happen in the movie. Well, and that funny. sort of reminds me of that. Oh, It's funny you say that because this was actually his first role since doing Ghostbusters for Bill nice. Murray. I mean, mm-hmm. in fact, they actually uh, I don't know if it was Richard Donner or someone else. They wanted him to do this movie two years before he did. But. He was uh, kind of enjoying not working for a little bit oh, after gotcha. Ghostbusters, so he waited till 1988 to get this one out. Gosh, and the first Ghostbusters was 84. 84? Yeah. Dang. So he took a four-year hiatus. Break there, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I don't know when Ghostbusters was filmed, but they started filming this in December of 87. The reason oh, I know yeah. that is well, because... If you think about it, usually with movies, it's at least a year before. Right. So we could probably safely say 83. Well, I mean, Ghostbusters. True, but this thing filmed all the way to April of '88 and came out in November. So, dang, pretty yeah. But it was interesting that it started filming in December because they asked to have Christmas off, and the executives at the company were like, "Nope, you're not getting Christmas off." So, to get around, yeah, to get around that problem, Richard Donner at the end of the day on Christmas Eve fired everybody, cast, crew, (laughs) everybody. And then rehired him on the 26th to come back. <laughs> he found the loophole. He found the loophole to get away, to get them to nice. at least that Christmas day off. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. And that's interesting because <clears throat> it kind of comes full circle moment mm-hmm. at the end. If you think about it. Oh, you know, right. What happens there. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. It's almost like a reenactment. And a little bit. So, yeah, he's. Frank, he's like you say, kind of Ghostbuster way, the way he's kind of mushing in through this window, almost like going through a portal of some sort in a way. That but was then, really cool. Yeah, it was. It was too. a cool effect. It looked cool. Yeah, that's for the late 80s. Frank's reaching out. He's trying to, and his skin's just tearing away. It's so flaky. <laughs> it's all dried out. Yeah. <laughs> I like when he pulled that one part of his skin out and he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I would too. That's gross. <laughs> and then it just starts breaking. And then, yeah, it starts breaking. Yeah, yeah like his whole his whole hand that's holding him ends up breaking off. And of course, Frank starts falling and falling, and he's screaming. But of course, what does he do? He wakes up in the chair at the office, right? You know, he didn't really do yeah. this. Wait, he did, but he didn't. I guess you could say, you know. Uh, which, by the way, Chad brought up a good point too. That some of those transitions are really good, mm-hmm. very seamlessly done. Oh yeah, after, after he would see a ghost. Right. So he wakes up. He immediately calls Claire, who we have no idea who this is. And he even says right. on her answer machine, I haven't talked to her in like 
15, 15 years. years. Yeah. Like, damn, he's going to call this girl out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Out of, after 15 years, she's gonna call. I'm glad she had the same number, I guess. Because, right. <laughs> it, 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 it's not inconceivable that she changed her number in the last 15 years. I mean, yeah. And then we cut. You never Grace. know what would have happened. In exactly. That's, that's a long time. <laughs> that's a long time. So then we cut to Grace at home and she's getting out of the shower and she's drying her hair with her, oh, her yes. bonus of the year, her IBC talent. Which was funny because I like when the kid's like, well, oh, did you get your bonus? She's like, I'm drying my hair with it. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. You're looking at it, kid. <laughs> and then she goes out and the other kids, they have this youngest one wrapped up like a damn tree which i can see and he's the mute kid by the way we got to mention that too he's mute so hence why she said like two hundred dollars for a doctor who told me he can't talk i know he can't talk (laughs) right right ever since he saw his father yeah he's yeah he's not like a he wasn't born mute mute. right he had a traumatic incident because he saw his father killed i think is what they said Mm -hmm. and he hasn't spoken a word since with another ghost and uh, if I'm not mistaken, like this kid's name in this movie is Calvin Cooley because she's Grace Cooley. Mm-hmm. And I read, don't know if this is true. I read they named him. They basically named him Calvin after Calvin Coolidge, who was known as a man of few words. Oh, yeah. The former president. Yeah. Right. Former oh. president Calvin Coolidge. Yes. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I did not know that. <clears throat> so, yeah, That's we get interesting knowledge. though. That's really cool. Smart. Yeah. If it's right. Yeah. It's, if it's right. Some it's, stuff I, I remember, find may not be right. Yeah. There's this. Uh, like famous story um, of uh, Calvin Coolidge at the white house hosting this um, dinner or something. And there was a lady there who I think was a journalist or something. And she told uh, Calvin Coolidge that she's like, I bet I can get you to say more than two words at this dinner. Cause he was famous for really not saying anything. And he looked at her and the only words he said to her was you lose <laughs> wow okay now oh. i feel like i need to see a movie on calvin Coolidge. yeah Damn. but i think that was but i mean this i think his you know extremeness of few words right. is kind of exaggerated but yeah he was he definitely had the reputation for just being concise that's awesome yeah all right so now we cut back to the boardroom we get ted mary ellen trader and she's telling Frank that it, when he put out that Scrooge promo, some old lady saw it and died watching it the night before. I was like, oh, wow. And Frank's happy about this, by the way. He thinks yeah. Right. And it's kind of funny because I love that when she showed the paper to him, she made it seem like it was, this is bad. It's this like is real bad. This is something we need up. to be concerned about. <laughs> and then when he says, like, this, this is, is great. great. <laughs> this is yeah. awesome. And then she ends up liking it, too, because you can tell <laughs> They must have had something at one point too, because I think she was like she was kind of shoulders, right? Flirting, yeah, kind of flirty with them. I also or at think, least a second before Grace came in, right? But I also think pretty much anybody who works under them, no matter how they feel, they end up becoming yes men, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no. Because well, I'm pretty sure that none of the guys had that chance to be a little flirty with him. <laughs> well, not not the flirty part, but I'm sure <laughs> they, they came in with something bad news. But he liked it. They would change their tune to liking it as well, is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, Grace comes in. He hides that paper because even though he likes it and he's happy, he knows Grace won't put up with it. She's the only one who Mm -hmm. will stand up to him. And he's like, look, we want this new promo run every hour. Just give give a disclaimer for people who have a heart condition. They shouldn't watch this. (laughs) And then we get this censor woman. This is where the censor lady comes in. (laughs) 
she's telling <laughs> i wish i'd written down this line she says she can't let it go because you can see her too. nipples do you have the nipple line i did not write down the nipples line because it was ad lib oh yeah i do remember him sitting there going something like so what i want to see her nipples <laughs> i know and who then, like, and then she says something and then the other guys are sitting there going well you can barely see them yeah he's like see they can barely see them. and they're actually looking <laughs> Censor, and I will not allow this costume on the air. Why not? Well, specifically, you can see her nipples. I want to see her nipples. But this is a Christmas show. Well, Charles Dickens would have wanted to see her nipples then. Oh, you, can, uh, you can hardly see them nipples. See, and these guys are really looking. So she's not like too, By the way, it was kind of funny when the scene was happening and it showed the girl and you do kind of see like this the, the outline of her areola areola you know. peeking up over the top of her yeah and Chad sitting there and goes oh oh boy yeah you can't kind of see <laughs> but I like how the girl was just like oh shut up you can't see anything well I like her attitude so that was pretty funny I wonder how they would pull off a scene like that after the uh, Janet Jackson incident we've had <laughs> since oh, then yeah. oh my god after America was traumatized after seeing a booby I don't know. That seems like, I mean, my God. Yeah, that's the worst thing that could have happened. (laughs) It sounds like something that Frank would have planned and went with him. This is great. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I completely agree. And then Frank's Frank just keeps talking over. He ends up bending down. She gets knocked out. I didn't see what this was like. One of those. Oh, (laughs) this was that was good because he knew what was coming because those two guys were moving props and one of them had a light pole. So I remember him sitting there. He knew to duck. Right. And yeah, then the it just turned went around. and it smacked that girl. And I like, she's like, oh, and she just plops right on over on the floor. And that, then, like, that immediately, like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, after, like, after oh, she's ahead. knocked out, she, he tells her, don't worry, I'll make sure her nipples are covered. I, I mean, he, I was, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Oh, man. Uh, this is where we meet Claire for the first time. She stops by. She's played by Karen Allen, who I know I've yeah. seen her in plenty of stuff, but I can't picture anything same on top here of my head. the only same. thing that i remember seeing her in right off the top of my head was um star starman the john carpenter film she oh was, okay oh, she played the that. love interest of jeff bridges oh in that okay. one okay yep you're right that's oh she's also okay this shows that i'm not a big fan of these movies in fact i haven't even seen the original but apparently she is the main character or one of the main characters in the indiana, indiana jones movies Oh, okay. Yep. I, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That does That's right. ring yep. a bell now. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. See, I, I don't think I've ever actually seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. So, <laughs> she was very. Um, she played a very strong-headed character mm-hmm. in there. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of people are going to know her from that more than anything. Just not me. Wow, I can't believe I didn't think of that right <laughs> off the top. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> She's. Oh, and now the. Claire saw spot. She's talking. Choreographer showing Frank the new da- this new dance. This is the woman with the covering up her nipples because Frank lifts up the oh, yeah. head and she's like, "Yeah, you like this? Do you like the new costume?" As she's passed out. I mean, she's still out of it at this point, <laughs> but she saw him. <laughs> her eyes are all crossed. He's like, "See?" And he's like maneuvering her neck like a chiropractor. And then so I now- like how they flipped her over too. <laughs> oh my god! She's like, "Oh." <laughs> And then the um, well, and Claire's like, "Is she okay?" And he's like, "Yeah, I should be fine." <laughs> yeah, it it does like, it is funny 
I don't think it's hard to watch. They're beating up this woman and it's all for a big laugh. I don't know how well that would play in these days, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good point. But you know, the thing is, is it, it was comedic to me. How I see it is it's <clears throat> physical comedy in that moment. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not, like, you know, I just I say it's kind of like, it like is there any kind of abuse the or the three yeah. students kind of physical comedy, exactly. Buster Keaton. Oh, I, I agree with you. I just know how easily offended. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, anybody, are these days. Yeah. So. Anybody so. will find something to be offended by these days. Uh, so Frank goes back to try and talk to Claire some more, but now another guy comes up with a problem, and he's trying to get antlers on a mouse. And he's oh, like, oh, it's yeah. like, we've tried everything, including crazy glue. And, and Frank, legitimate as hell, is like, well, have you thought about stapling them to him? I'm like, <laughs> well, my problem is this little fella. Oh. I can't get the antlers glued onto this little guy. We've tried crazy glue, but it don't work. Have you tried staples? Staples? Don't you dare. If you staple that little mouse, I'll call the Humane Society. I'm not kidding. I wouldn't do anything in the world to hurt this little fellow. Hey, staples. Same old Claire. Still trying to save the world. You still trying to run it? Are you kidding me? You want to staple right. something to the poor <laughs> mouse? And I Are love how st- Claire just stood up there and she's like, you will not do that. <laughs> Yeah, like she even tells the guy, if you do that, I'm calling the Humane Society. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, Amen, sister. And then Frank's like, oh, you're the same old Claire, always trying to save the world. I'm like, saving the world just because she said don't staple antlers to a mouse. Like, it's not really something you should have to say in the first place. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? And then, but of course, when he says trying to save the world, she's like, oh, yeah, and are you still trying to run it? And then on her part, exactly. And then Frank sees something behind her because he starts yelling, "Why are you here?" But she thinks she's yelling. He's yelling at her. She's not. He 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 goes back and he's the little kid. It's the Calvin, Calvin, Calvin Mm -hmm. Cooley. Grace's son is there behind the structure. And he's like, like, takes that kid by the shirt and pushes him against that right that siding of Mm -hmm. of the gate or something like that. Yeah, I I was like. that's not good yeah <laughs> no you don't just get to touch my kid anyway that you like no. i don't care who you are it's not gonna happen but yeah grace says she thought it'd be fun for him to see a live tv show and frank was worried oh frank frank's talking to claire about the call and he's like i, I was worried i might have woke up you or your husband or your kids you know trying to basically trying to figure out if she's involved mm-hmm. right now she's like no i don't have any and then she asked if he's uh if she has any and I, all this time there's this constant hammering going on these people building these cells <laughs> oh, yeah. and frank's getting angrier and angrier as this is happening he loves his words like god damn it god damn it yeah yeah and claire eventually has to leave and when she does frank yells for them to stop hammering the guy says okay and just drops it and the whole thing falls and i'm like You've been hammering oh. this whole time. Did you get nothing done? And not, and not just that, but then one part of it falls on the woman who got I was gonna injured. Say, and yes, it hits, oh my! And it I love too because she does, <laughs> she does something that kind of reminded me of what you did as a kid, where she's all that thing falling. And she's like, "Shit!" <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh yes, this this poor little. I just I know, that sounds a little out of lady. I know that sounds a little out of uh, out of the loop, maybe for people who are listening. But <laughs> there was just that thing that Josh used to do, where he's like, "Shit!" Because 
Uh, it's a different story. You have to share that at some point. I don't know this. I don't remember this, Chris. <laughs> you don't remember? Oh my god, Josh. Was it Josh? Yeah, it was Josh. It was when he scared his mom by accident, and That's his mom right. screamed out, "Shit!" <laughs> <laughs> so after Josh told us that story, like it, it started died. became a it became a thing between us. We're just like, "Shit!" I, like, I know. I remember Josh doing it. Josh is like, "No, I don't remember." Chris. I'm like, "Great, now sound crazy." <laughs> No, no, you. It, it, it can be documented. You guys have better memories than I do. I'm not gonna try to argue oh, that. I, don't know. I feel like the more I've gotten older, it seems like I forget little things here and there now. Uh, that's why Chris is starting to get nursing home brochures. Oh lord! No, no, no. <laughs> oh lord! Just like oh my, oh oh my my my. Clutch oh, my pearls. Well, bless her heart. Bless her heart. <laughs> bless her heart. <laughs> Yes, Chris, bless her little heart. Your little heart. Anyways, now we get Preston having, I put dinner, but it's a lunch with Frank because it's before noon, obviously. And both men, they're ordering, of course, he copies press. They order a highball, which I didn't look it up. I don't know what a highball is made out of. You you know? No No idea. Yeah. (laughs) If you know what a highball is, or if you ever had a highball, please comment below. And then just hashtag it highball. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> Let us know. Let us know. And then Preston, he's so particular. He pulls his own damn forks out of his pocket to use at this lunch and starts wiping them off and getting them clean. He's not going to use utensils from a restaurant. No, no, no. Especially used by commoners. And he's telling he's telling Frank that, Frank, you're, wor- you're working too much. That's why I've hired this Bryce Cummings guy to help you out, help take the burden off your shoulders. And, of course, Frank, all this time during this, he keeps looking up at the clock because it's about to strike 12. And it's 12 noon, and Frank starts freaking out, even though nothing's happening yet. Yet. He keeps waiting on it, though. He's, but you like, know what I thought was interesting? I thought was cool was, like, the moment where it did hit noon. And then in his head, he's like, ah, you know, pointing at <laughs> Bryce. Is it Bryce or Price? I always keep Bryce. Bryce. And it was like, oh, so it was a dream. You're my ghost. You're trying to get in my position. <laughs> oh, you're right. You yeah. know, and they just kind of look at him like, <laughs> like, what are you? What are you? About? What are you yeah. doing? <laughs> Until the drinks uh, come. First yeah. off, the drinks come, and and Frank thinks he's seeing an eyeball, like an actual eyeball, and an eyeball <laughs> in his eyeball. <laughs> Which, by the way, guys, and this is for anybody who are Golden Girls fans and who have kept up with episodes, the waiter who plays in that scene is the guy who plays Jasper de Kimmel, who plays in an episode of the Golden Girls as an artist who is about to die until he's saved later on in the episode by a blood transfusion <laughs> from Sophia. So, yeah, okay. little uh, little bits of notes there, education-wise. Golden wow. Girls education. <laughs> there, there, there you go. I Culture like it. the children, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> so Frank looks away, hoping that he's just imagining. He looks back, he still sees the eyeball. Frank's asking the waiter, Are you it? Are you my ghost? And then he looks over and he sees another waiter. He's got this food and he's like burning his arm and then eventually burning his whole body. <laughs> and I like <laughs> and how the waiter's sitting there going, No, 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 that's that's part of the food. <laughs> Nothing's really going on at all. But right. If Frank's eyes, he's seeing the waiter on fire, <laughs> which is a creepy moment. It's a creepy it, moment, yeah. And even the like when it would flip to Frank's vision of seeing the waiter burning, it would have that creepy music, mm-hmm. and like the childlike 
nightmare music it kind of had like a danny freddy elfman, yeah. danny elfman creepy tone to it and then it would cut, cut back where everything looks normal and it wouldn't have that song mm-hmm. playing but then it cuts to frank seeing <laughs> it and there's the song and you see this burning waiter going by and i like how he's sitting there going like i i gotta get some fresh air <laughs> yeah. so then of course he picks up that thing of water ice, ice yeah, or yeah, water yeah. Right. melted ice and throws it on <laughs> Yeah, and the guy sitting there holding his tip in his hand, and he gets that thrown on. I, I was like, oh, I'd be pissed. I live off yeah. tips as a waiter, but yeah, Frank eventually gets out. He gets the taxi. The cab's just driving all over the place, and he's and he's saying his name. He knows his his name is Frank, and this course is where we meet the ghost of Christmas past. Oh, but not to mention how that taxi came in because <laughs> he came in zipping in front of the one that was going to come for him. Right, right, and it it's, looked older than the other taxi. old and grimy. Yeah. Very true. Very true. And of course, this Ghost of Christmas Past is played by David Johansson, who I knew as soon as I saw him, I knew who he was, but I don't ever know him as David Johansson. I know him as Buster Poindexter, the music artist who did the hot, hot, hot song. That's how I know. This oh, guy. oh my God. That's going back. <laughs> but that's going to lead us to our weekly segment of who could have been who. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. And the reason is there wasn't many because, as I said, they asked Bill Murray to do this movie two years before. He didn't have anybody that could have been him. However, I will say Bill Murray turned down not one, not two, but three parts to do this. Hmm. Keep in mind, this comes out in 1988. You guys have any idea what he might have turned down to do this film? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't, I have no idea. I would think maybe some something comedy, some more comedy, maybe. Chad, you got any ideas? Uh, yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> so he turned down Big, which went on okay. to star Tom Hanks. Oh, I feel like I've heard that one before. That's interesting. That'd be weird to think of Bill Murray in that one. Yeah, Rain Man starring. I, I don't know if he was going oh, for the Tom uh, Tom Cruise or Dustin Hoffman role. I would yeah. assume mm-hmm. Hoffman, but I don't know. And another oh, Tom Cruise that. movie, Cocktail. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I, 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 yeah, that's I don't know. I I just all of a sudden had this image of like. Have okay, you know the poster of Tom Cruise where he's got the black shirt, you know, and he's got his arms crossed. <laughs> All of a sudden, I had Bill Murray's head posted on that for a second. I'm like, <laughs> not working for you, Chris. No. <laughs> All right, so now, oh, and the, the guy who was originally wanted for the part of Ghost of Christmas Pass, a comedian who's known for his yelling, Sam Kennison. <laughs> Oh, I could see that. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. could see that. And he was this, still alive at that time, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he was. David Johansson actually got the part because he was friends with Bill Murray. So, oh, okay. Having friends in the That's where having house. friends. Yep, exactly. <laughs> it pays. It pays, guys. So, now let's get back to this. The, this guy, he's talking to Frank. He's got smoke coming out of his ears. And 
You talked about poor Elliot. They drive by. Elliot's got another <laughs> bottle of liquor, and he reaches out and snatches that from him too. <laughs> and then you get a shot of the, poor the meter. Can't catch a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the and the meter instead of racking up the charges, it's dropping down in years and years and years. And eventually, we get to 1955, and we go to Frank's childhood home where he grew up as a kid on Christmas Eve. There's like Which, no by the way, this is sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get no, there's no lights. They they <laughs> Christmas pass walks through the door and Frank's like, oh okay, I could do it. And boom, nope, he can't do it. I, and I like to because one like the <clears throat> then the ghost in there and go, everyone tries that. And he's like, I <laughs> yeah. like trying, I like doing that to people. Yeah, he pops his head out and says that and just says that. And, and then of course Frank tries to punch him in the face and he and pops he his head back in and hits <laughs> the door. He goes in and the, and the ghost tells him, You can't be seen, you can't be heard. Nobody sees Frank and he sees his little self watching TV. His mom's on the couch, pregnant. And eventually his dad arrives home. And Chris, his dad here is played by his older brother. That's who this is. That's this is no way. That's yeah, his this older is, brother. This is Bill Murray's older brother playing his that, dad. Because you know, the for some reason that guy looks familiar to me as well. And he kind of reminds me of the guy who played the boss in Christmas Vacation. The boss in Christmas. Who doesn't give, who doesn't give Chevy Chase the, the bonus. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure. His name is Brian Doyle Murray. I can tell you that. Okay. I'm right. He just looks a little different, but. No, I think you're. That. Am I, I right? I think you're right. Okay. He, he's in Christmas Vacation as Frank Shirley. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's him. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, he's he was also in Caddyshack, Wayne's World, but yeah, this is Bill. Oh, I remember him in Wayne's World. I think he was the record of Zach Rutten. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He was like the uh, the boss guy of that too. But he always had that. He was always like the kind of asshole boss. Mm-hmm. It seems like in some of his roles, because he had that weird. He has that that voice for it. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I like when he's sitting. He's like. That's ten pounds of veal or something like that. <laughs> ten pounds of veal. Yeah, yeah. So what are you getting for Christmas? He's like, that's five pounds of veal. Five pounds. That's a ten yeah. pounds. Can you imagine ten pounds? <laughs> now, and Frank's like, but I wanted a choo-choo. And he's like, you want oh, a choo-choo? Yeah. Then get a job. And I'm like, you want a choo-choo? Then get your <laughs> get a job and get your own choo-choo. <laughs> I'm like, he's four. It's like I see why you're an asshole, Frank, because your dad was an asshole. But my goodness! And the thing he was, and obviously his dad was a butcher. So, and he came home. He's obviously just come home from work, so he's wearing <laughs> right. like the bloody apron and stuff. Right. And what does he do? He goes and plops himself on the couch while still wearing that. Oh. I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Get wow. get a get a shower. Goodness yep. Goodness. Exactly. Get a, get a shower. And then meanwhile, <laughs> I like how his mom is just kind of, well, he's home. I'm going to get out of this room. Yeah, she gets up, you know, waddling off because this is little baby bro in her belly right now. Mm-hmm. It's coming soon. And you can tell Frank. Frank's very sweet with his mom. He loves his mom. In fact, Frank, normal Frank, actually starts to cry watching this scene, mm-hmm. remembering his mom. Yeah. Of course, trying his to. His mom was like, sweet to him because she's like, "Don't watch too, don't watch TV too much longer. It'll mess your eyes." And then she's like, "Merry Christmas, Frank Angel." Yeah, or Frankie Angel. So, yeah, that that was sweet. It was good acting on Bill Murray's part, too, mm-hmm. in this moment. And then Christmas Pass tells him, and you did nothing but do that. You didn't know nothing but watch TV for the next 15 years. 
He's like, ah, I hope you know I did a lot of things in there. <laughs> and then I like the one too. Then the second one too, he's like, there was a girl I knew and he's like, she came out on the field with pigtails and he's like, that's Little House on, on the Prairie. prairie. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a specific episode. <laughs> he's like, even Bill Murray had to sit there and go, is that the such and such episode? And he's like, yes, that's the such and such episode. <laughs> And Frank tells Christmas Past take him back to his office, but Past instead takes him to 1968 office party. And it's like, and he even says he's like, yeah, they always had Christmas parties until you took over, Frank. Meanwhile, everybody's having this Christmas party, and everybody's everybody else is having a party, and Frank's Everyone's still worried about doing work. That's for sure. Especially Except that Frank. one girl, was it Tina or whatever her name was? And she was Poss- doing the, the I know he, copies of her butt. Right. I remember <laughs> him talking about. I just don't remember her name. But you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, that girl comes over and asks him to go for Chinese. Of course. You want to go he, get some Chinese? <laughs> <laughs> he like, turned, no, that's not good for your stomach. Gives you the cancer. Yeah, he turns it down. He's like, no. And then his normal self is upset that he didn't try to get with that girl that night. But instead, it shows him leaving the party, and he runs into Claire for the first time. And they end up trying to bend down, pick up something, oh, bump heads. After she's bumped him with the door at the, right. uh, the shopping thing. Because I like that, too, because that door just comes flying. He's like, bam! And he's just <laughs> flying. And then she goes to help him up. And then he's like, oh, it's something like hurts here and here from the sidewalk. And then she asks him to go get Chinese food, and he agrees this time. He didn't agree with the other girl, but Claire's different. So then we cut to the next year, 1969, Christmas Eve. And all Frank wants to do is open gifts. Meanwhile, Claire's just in the tub trying to relax on Christmas Eve, not worried about it. But Frank wants her to open this certain gift because she said she agrees. She's like, we can open one gift and that'll be it for tonight. We'll do the rest tomorrow. Which, by the way, did sometimes this did with our family. We may open one gift on Christmas Eve. Did your uh, family ever do that with you too, Josh? No, his family, Josh's family opened up on Christmas Eve. No, well, like midnight. Well, no. I had, I went to, a, I went to like my aunts and cousins and stuff on Christmas Eve. Oh, I see. So I opened up with them, but I didn't open up my own stuff until the next morning. Oh. Um, get multiple presents on Christmas Eve. Yeah. <laughs> Josh was like, in case you missed it, guys, Josh just kind of curled up on the couch for a second. Was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's exactly mm-hmm. what happened. What happened. And, and Frank's wanting her to open this gift up, and all it is is a set of knives. I mean, I don't know what she was wanting, but I would have been kind of disappointed in a set of knives. And I'm like, so he's giving out towels. Now he's giving out knives. I'm like, he's always been terrible at this gift giving thing. That was my take yeah. from it. I don't know. And then he's, he gets to open his own gift, and he's so damn excited, he can't even get it open. I'm like, do you not know how to open a damn present? Well, it looked like she put a lot uh, tight string on it, too, I have to say. She probably did, but he ends up getting it open, and, and of course, it's the Kama Sutra. And he's looking through going, oh, yeah, I've done that. Yep, done that. <laughs> done that. And he's reading. He's like, apparently, there's a place where you can touch a woman to make her bark like a dog. And, of course, Claire starts barking to play along. And he says, Lassie has come home. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's a very playful relationship <laughs> for a woman to go along with that. I don't know that that right. would always happen. 
But you know, it almost kind of makes you wonder what made her get the Kama Sutra book in the first place. I mean, obviously, she's got a little bit of a freak side to her, right? <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, hmm, she must be uh, wanting to do a little bit more <laughs> and well, try to get some ideas. You know what they say, Chris? Lady in the streets, freak in the sheets. <laughs> so, <that's laughs> Let's see, what was the one thing I've heard? Oh, never oh, mind, geez. it's different. Uh, no, no, you're good. It's different. No <laughs> Josh was scared for a second. Never well, no, I know. The other thing I was thinking of was the Golden Girls, where it was like, so the one thing I heard was from Golden Girls, or Golden Girls thing, rather, and it was, you know, Dorothy in the streets and Blanche in the sheets. Okay, there you go. <laughs> well, all right, so now we cut to 1971, and this is where, it's called Frisbee. It's a kid's TV show, and Frank is dressed up like a dog. And here comes the mailman. He's yelling, it's a bone. It's a bone. And then we get him. He's having, I mean, he's having fun doing this little TV show, I guess. But then he's talking to the president of the network, and the president has invited him to dinner. And this is when you first see his – he's got a – he'll do anything to move up in the company, basically. Because yeah. he tells this Claire – a big opportunity. Yeah, he's been invited to dinner. He tells Claire, Claire's like, you're going to have to cancel. We've already got plans. We've had these plans for a month with our friends. And he's like, we can have fun dinner with them anytime. We're going to go do this. Mm-hmm. And that's when they decide to basically separate for a while. And they, she says they should separate. And Frank, Frank puts on the dog head, walks off. He's like, I'll try to come over later if I can. But it just looks silly with a silly little dog head on because they're just in a little break when he's right. doing this. Well, I forget too. Did she like when he said that we could see them anytime? Did she also say there was a reason they couldn't? I don't know. And that they had to go see them that you know that night or something. No, the only reason, was, I, no, the only reason just, I ask is because I kind of felt like, well, I see Frank's position a little bit too on that. Well, you her know, point it's was like, they'd had the plans for a month at this point. Yeah. So so but I kind of see, I was like, I kind of see where he's coming from too, a little bit where it's like, oh, this could be a really great opportunity. My boss could be offering something really good. And it's not like you get that opportunity again, you know? I don't know. I kind of saw his point a little bit too. Uh, that's true. I mean, I think for her, it's just showing her that she just cares about people more than anything. He cares about his. Oh, child. yeah, absolutely. She cares about people. So. She'd had these plans with the friends for a month. She wanted to keep them. He wanted to let them go to go do this company thing. So that's what ends up getting them separated. And Frank's talking about how he knows what's going on. He looks to the side and Christmas pass is gone. And then he pops on the TV and says, look, I'm only the ghost. And he's driving off in his cab. <laughs> and at this point, Frank just like Chad's talking about the transition. He transitions to back on the set of Scrooge there live on Christmas Eve. I that's guess. the one that Chad really liked. Okay. Yeah, that was the transition he really liked. Yeah. We'll talk about it, Chad. It was just really well done the way that they sort of, you know, had him, I guess, there like on the street. Mm-hmm. And then the cab leaves and then the camera pulls back and he's sitting in front of a viewing monitor on the set of this Scrooge uh, live rehearsal thing that they're doing. Yeah. So I just thought it was a really smart way that the way that they, um, executed you know pulling him out from you know what he was experiencing with the ghost and then being put back in the real world like chris said earlier like it's those sort of things that really makes the movie very trippy yeah it was smooth it was was very smooth yeah 
Nope. And he's back on set. Of course, he just interrupts the actor. He's thinking he's back. I'm back, baby. I'm back. <laughs> Excited. Thinking, thinking he survived these three. Even though the guy told him three ghosts, he thinks he's done with after this one ghost. But we get a quick shot. Elliot's literally donating blood for money. Like he's been out of a job for a day and he's, you would think <laughs> he's, he's been out of a job $20 for, a for a pint of blood. <laughs> so then we cut back to Frank, he's walking down the street. He's having a little bit of a breakdown, looking for where Claire works these days. And as he walks by, he actually passes Elliot, who's now sleeping on the sidewalk. I'm like, you afraid <laughs> to go home? You've been fired for a day, dude. There's no way this is not this bad. Oh, and not to mention, like, <laughs> after he got that uh, donation done, then he fainted. And then when he fainted, then there was, like, uh, another homeless guy that came by and just robbed him of his coat and everything else. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. right. Good point. Good point. Frank eventually finds it. It's Operation Outreach. Reach out. Yeah. I think it was Outreach. outreach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, they he, he's wandering up, stumbling, talking to himself, kind of. So they end <laughs> Which up thinking. Which is kind of funny with him because I like how he just, it's like this talking to himself kind of thing. And he's even yelling at some point. And then he, he <laughs> just stops at that corner where the windows look like they're boarded up or painted on. You never would have thought was a shelter or anything. <laughs> right. And then I like how he walks in and he, his final, well, I forget what his last few words were, but he yelled out. And then that lady comes over and she's like, oh, not another one. <laughs> He's out of his mind. <laughs> yeah. And she brings him in. And then this is where you get these other three homeless people. You get, uh, and they think they know him. They keep calling him Dick Burton, some guy they know named Dick Burton. They don't know him, but uh, one of these people is Michael J. Pollard. Who, yes, which I was going to really say, say, one guy I definitely remember. Well, I can't remember the third person, but the other woman, you said Goonies reference, Mama Fratelli. She's one of these homeless mm-hmm. women right here. Okay, so that's interesting because she shows up at the end as well. Well, that makes sense because he ends up seeing. The Michael J. Pollard character, Herman is his name. That's yeah. his name. She ends up, so he probably saw all three homeless people that he, mm-hmm. th- this is where he first meets him. So yeah, that's why he sees him at the end then. Well, I'm curious because, because like we eventually see also Michael, is Michael J. Pollard, right? Like that, I got the name right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, we see what happens to him. Right. But that also doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't necessarily explain how, like, Mama Fatelli, if you will, <laughs> Fatelli <laughs> shows up at the That's end how I know her. as well, because she wasn't, she was part of that homeless group instead of somehow she was there with the cast in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I remember seeing her doing hmm. the song. Unless maybe I got it mixed up and they were, it was really the, the homeless people in that case, but I don't know. I'm oh, not. I'm not Maybe positive. my mind's just jumbled yeah. because it's late. So yeah. Yeah, I'm not I'm not positive. I know I know you see her in this thing. This is where I yeah. noticed her. I want it was <laughs> I wanted to think of I don't know. Every time I think of her, I think of the scene in the Goonies where they're <laughs> they think it's a restaurant. And so she and her sons have to pretend it's a restaurant just to try to move them out. And they're like wanting drinks, and she's being bitchy with them and getting them their drinks. Just like I don't, I don't remember that. I don't. <laughs> I'm not. I am openly not the biggest Goonies fan. I think it's very overrated. But that's me. So, <laughs> same. I agree with. Break you. my heart. 
I don't hate it. I just think it's overrated for what what the love it gets. So, but hey. have you done a review on it before as well? No. no. Oh, okay. So we're about to do it. Just like, thank there. God. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. No one has brought me the Goonies as their favorite movie. I'm just someone, saying. Someone bring the Goonies as their favorite movie with Josh, please. I'm putting that out there in the universe. <laughs> All right. Because so, <laughs> I want to manifest this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Mama Fratelli, Josh out. <laughs> Claire ends up seeing Frank. Frank asks her if he can take her for some Chinese, but of course she's she's working. She's busy. She it's Christmas Eve. Lots of homeless people. She's trying to help people out. That one woman comes over and they're they're saying that they have no fuse. And she's like, "Oh, mm-hmm. okay, I'll go down and get them." And he's like, "No, let him do and it." He's being an ass in this moment. Yeah, he's just dealt with this Christmas past ghost, and he hasn't changed a damn bit because he is an ass. He's, he's he's annoyed at this woman. If he tells he tells the woman, "You need some damn fuses. Go to the hardware store and buy some fuses and do it your damn self." Right. And then the other woman's I forgot what she's looking for. Something was it the turkeys? Up. I think it was the turkeys. Yes, right? it was. It was the turkeys. She's like, you know what? Use a phone book. Call around and get the damn turkey. Do it. It's on not your that own. hard. <laughs> you could do it. The company is like fire these competent women. Yeah, fire them. And she's like, they're volunteers, Frank. They can't be fired. And Frank Frank gets mad and he leaves just because and Claire just wants to help and he turns around. This is where you get the classic bah humba. Yeah. You know, at, <laughs> at some point, if you're doing a Christmas Carol type story, and you're the you Scrooge have to have character. A, yes. Somehow you gotta say that one. You gotta squeeze that line in. Yep. So now we're back on the set. We get the solid gold dancers, they're dancing. We see this John Houseman reading Scrooge. Bryce is there helping everything because they don't know where Frank's been. Frank's just yeah. kind of been disappearing this day. You know, I like how he just shows up too in this scene. Because <laughs> isn't this where he tries to hide behind the little people? Uh, you know, I didn't write that down, so you might be right. Because they're like, what, what, what's going on there? And he's like hiding behind these little people. And then they're rushing over there. Him and Grace are rushing over there to help him off the set, basically. I think that's when he comes back from the next ghost, actually, now that you say that. Okay, never mind. Yeah, I think that because when he whenever he comes back from one of the ghosts, he comes back on the set, and I, this is where he's coming in from the backside of the set. Because Bryce sees him and he's like, "Oh no, we're all having dinner. We're having dinner." And then, oh <laughs> yeah, that's right. They're cutting yeah. for dinner, right? At yeah, they're point? yeah they're breaking for and not only are they breaking for dinner, they're turning all the damn lights off in this building to break <laughs> that's for right. dinner. I'm like, that's that seems extreme because you know someone's probably going to stick around. And but meanwhile, I'm, Frank is just like. No, that should be working. Should yeah. be working. Yeah, should be working. And then here we go, people. We get Carol Kane as the ghost of Christmas present. Yes. <laughs> this is okay. the best ghost. favorite ghost. I, I, three for three. I think I think most people, this is their favorite ghost. Yes, she saw another sign, the ball breaker suite. She flies she flies out towards Frank, kicks him in the balls. <laughs> oh my god. I love to like when she appears, bubbles are flowing everywhere. <laughs> right. And she's got that silly, cheesy dress on with the cheesy wings on. Like, you know, they're not trying to be real wings. No, they're really right. just trying to be. I mean, it looks like a little child's like exactly. fairy costume, costume or something. And that's exactly what I wrote it down. Exactly. I oh, my God. And then she had the glitter and like the star stringy things all white face, curly blind. Oh, my all God. Star was one, the like Glenda, the good witch. Yeah. <laughs> and the voice is well raised up to that level like yeah. a Glenda. And I love to how um, when she, of course, she hits him in the balls. Yep. But you notice that she keeps 
slapping him or hitting him in some way. And I'm like, well, that explains why the ball breaker scene sign is with her because she's going to find any and every way to like literally and figuratively break his balls, which goes and tells you that she must be a ghost that when they have to deal with these certain kinds of clients, if you will, (laughs) she's not, she's used to having to Mm. be rough with them in some way. I I don't know. You kind of get that aspect of her that this is what she's used to. Yeah. Right. She knows it. So, oh my God. And she takes like pleasure. And I think she sees funny in it as what, which, as well. It's funny you say that because Carol Kane herself actually didn't like having to do all these things where she's roughing up Bill Murray. Because really, oh my god, fact, it's so funny. She doesn't not really only tell. not only the slapping, but when she pulls his lip, she actually ripped his lip, and they had oh. the whole production for a couple days. She really <laughs> so. got into it then for a moment with them. <laughs> yeah, and then she ends up saying, telling Frank to close his eyes, and he's like, "No, close your eyes." I love it. She, <laughs> She pulls his ear real hard and she's like, close your eyes. So he does this menacing little voice coming out of her. And I love when she's in there like, now think of rainbows. There's funny rabbits through the meadows. She's like, close your eyes. And then like, she's going to go poke. And they do like that. Um, it's like a the three stooges moment. Thing moment. She's going to yeah. poke his eyes and he blocks it. Right. Then she ends up blowing fairy dust on him. Punches him, slaps him, and he's like, "If you touch me again, I'm gonna rip your goddamn." She loves slapping off. him the whole at any moment <laughs> in the scene. I love like when she blew the glitter like on the side of his face, like it made like an X. X. <laughs> yep, it made an X. X marks the spot on where to hit him, so she slaps him right in it, and he says that. <laughs> And I love when he tells her he's going to rip her wings off her response. Well, you know, I like the rough stuff, Frank. <laughs> yep, exactly. Which, again, tells you a lot about her character and what oh, she has to deal with. Frank, I'm the ghost of Christmas present. I had a funny feeling. Oh, why did you do that? Sometimes you have to slap them in the face just to get their attention. Fine. Slap me in the face. But you... Kicked me in the ball. It's time to begin the journey. Now, close your eyes and think. No, you close your eyes. Oh, no. I'm through. Don't be awesome. Close your eyes and think of snowflakes and moonbeams and whiskers on kit. No picking <laughs> of rainbows. Forget me nots of misty meadows and sun dappled pools. Oh, look, there's Mr. Hedgehog. I wonder where he's going. Perhaps to Harlem! my jaw. Oh, sometimes the truth is painful, Frank, uh-huh. but it's made your cheeks all rosy and your eyes bright as stars. If you touch me again, I'm going to rip your goddamn wings off, okay? Oh, you know I like the rough stuff, don't you, Frank? Oh, you know, she likes mm. roughing up these guys or <laughs> these people who act in this way. Yeah, Carol Carol Kane's great in this role. And I'm yeah. telling you, if you don't like Carol Kane, you're dead to me. 
<laughs> Chad, one of those questions comes up. What's a deal breaker in a relationship? Well, if you don't like Carol Kane. Exactly. First thing yeah. on my on my Tinder profile. <laughs> if you don't like Carol Kane, don't talk to me. Oh, so now now we're getting into the present stuff. And we cut to Grace's, she's at her mom's house for this. And Frank and I don't know. Do these ghosts ever have names? I just call them past, present, and future, right? That's what I call them okay. as well. And they're watching through the window and they they see the kid playing with the toy. And this is where we actually get the story. I told the story about the boy, but this is where we get the story about he hasn't spoken since he saw his dad killed in front of him five years ago. And Frank, such an insensitive asshole boss. I didn't know her husband died. Oh, yeah. So she's in there and she's like, well, didn't he notice she wore black for a year? And he just <laughs> thought it was a trend. <laughs> yeah, he's he's an idiot. Oh, he pisses me off. He's not a good character. Like, it's mm-hmm. amazing that you like him as much as you do in this movie because he is he's a highly unlikable character. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that I think is brilliant about with Bill Murray is that he can play the asshole, which really, if you look at a lot of his filmography, his characters are assholes. But he does it in a way as well that is... You just can't help it's but trying. laugh. It's, yeah. it's sarcastic, and they can play several levels. Uh, it can be several level mm-hmm. uh, layers. So it could be something like, like Chad said, it could be charming. When you look at, say, his Peter Vinkman character, you know, he's kind of an, a little bit of an asshole mm-hmm. in that movie too, but he's charming. Maybe even a little bit to a degree with like Groundhog's Day. Yeah. You know, here he does a great job with being an asshole, but you know that he has moments where he can be a little. I don't know. You you get hooked a little bit with his character, maybe because his sarcasm makes up for the assholeness of it, right. the humor. So I don't know. He's he's just really good at what he does. I guess you could say. And then you get they're playing in the kitchen, and Grace starts tickling her older son on the kitchen floor, playing around. <laughs> ends up ends up doing a raspberry. As that's what I call it, right, where you blow on the the tummy. The it's called a raspberry. I've <laughs> not what, heard that before. I've never heard it called that either. Oh well, maybe I'm the only one. I don't know. I mean, but, I remember I remember my mom doing that to me when I was God, itty bitty knee high to a grasshopper when I was a kid. <laughs> did you ever heard, did your mom ever do that to you? I don't remember. Probably. No, we didn't have a name for it. We, I know it was just blowing on your tummy. Okay. So that's how, I, that's how I, we all saw it. I've heard it's called raspberry. I could be wrong. So if anybody has the correct name, let us know. But uh, and then Christmas present ends up opening up Frank's shirt and doing the same to him. That was funny. She's like, oh, Frank, this looks so much like fun. Let's try it. Let's try it. <laughs> I love that. She, was, she just pulls his shirt apart and she uh, starts blowing his back. <laughs> he and he doesn't want any laugh. part of him. But he starts laughing. He's like, stop it. Stop it. But he's laughing at the same time. <laughs> Uh, I was like, that sounds like something Josh would do where he's like, no, 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 stop, stop. But then Josh would be laughing. And then she does what she does best, punches him again. And Chad, this is a pretty good transition when she punches him here, actually, because he goes falling back and then oh, all of a sudden yeah. he goes rolling down these stairs and now he's at his brother's place. And go in yeah. there. Pl- and I like, too, how she floated down. Yeah. After yeah. he, <laughs> he came tumbling down. Yeah, he came And then she tosses down. her wand. Did you notice that? <laughs> She tosses her wand to the next room and you hear it break like a vase or something <laughs> as well. Oh my God. And then the woman that shows up in this scene, by the way, which 
another well-known actress, mostly oh, yeah. television, Wendy Malick. Yep. Uh, yeah, I did. I recognized her immediately. But yeah, they're in there playing a game on Christmas Eve. It's a, a Friendsmas, I guess. It's friends around a Christmas, you know. Right. Probably, you know, they're, and they're bringing over the gift from Frank. And they're like, Frank, of course, looking at it angry. That doesn't look like a towel. And then he's saying that the brother's saying he got a, a shower curtain the year before. So he got him a shower curtain the year before. With a little something in it. I don't know what <laughs> yeah. it was, but <laughs> but Frank was trying to say, like, yeah, it's got the little something in the, in the shower curtain. Right. And he was trying to get him a towel this year. But instead, they get him the VCR. So they got mixed up. <laughs> no, yeah, I guess so. You know, Grace did that, but <laughs> Grace definitely did that on intentionally. But then they ask him, they ask the brother, what did you, what did you get for Frank? <laughs> and Carol Kane oh, doesn't want yeah. him to know. So she plugs his ears and going, <laughs> she starts <laughs> singing too. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. And he's like, ah. <laughs> but of course, and I love like he says, like, he got a, a picture of him and his brother with his mom and stuff like that. But then she takes her fingers out of his ear. She's like, I know a secret you don't know. know. <laughs> and he's like, shut up. And then he's he's telling, you know, I think I think Wendy Malick's character, the girlfriend, actually is the one who says, you know, you invite your brother to dinner every year and he's always too busy. You know, he just yeah. refuses to go. I guess he's he's too worried about work. We know that's what it is. And even when he gets the VCR, Wendy Malick character saying, yeah, that was a mistake. There's no way he meant to spend that much money on you. Like she can tell what a piece of shit he is. <laughs> you know? Right. Well, considering the year before it was a shower curtain. Right. And then the know, it's kind of like now a VHS <laughs> player. Yeah. Which we know it was supposed to be a towel to go with the shower curtain. So yeah, they, and which by the way, sense. back then you got a VHS player. That that means you did pretty good that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the late 80s, at least yeah, back that, in those days. Good, yeah, in the late 80s, that was a hell of a gift to get. And hell then yeah. Christmas present starts punching him again. She's hitting him multiple times and eventually hits him with how about a toaster? Frank, we're fighting again. It's not fighting anymore. Oh, look, Frank. What is it? I can't find the car. It's a Oh, but how do you like the games that they were playing too? <laughs> that the group was playing because the there was that last game. Was it the last game they were playing? And like, game? what was the boat yeah what was oh, the boat that the name of the boat that um the they got the crashed on, crashed on gilligan's, gilligan's island. island and he's like oh you know that's one he's like this is so easy <laughs> and then she's i forget what the ghost was doing at that point but she was doing something to obviously piss him off <laughs> right but um yeah that was funny because like they start getting into it and then she's like Oh Frank, look at this beautiful thing. And she picks up that toaster and then just like uppercuts him with the toaster. Right. How about a toaster? I love that. I love how she says that. It's hilarious. But when she does this, he goes up and then where does he he wakes up down in the, I guess I guess I put the sewer. Looks like he's in the sewer down. That's why yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like under the streets of New York there. Yeah, and we see we see Herman, the guy from the homeless shelter, and he is right frozen to death while holding this watch in his hands and frank's making jokes about it. i should have just gave you the two dollars but he's working himself into a frenzy he's yelling at him you should have just stayed with claire and you'd be fine you might actually be alive yeah at this point you can kind of see where more of the 
I don't know. You see a little bit more of him where he actually kind of cares. He mm-hmm. actually does care than what he puts on this facade. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it'd be hard to see someone literally dead in front of you and not, but at least I would mm-hmm. think it would be, but you never know. Eventually, he is. And knowing very well, this was a person that had no money, no home to go right. to, and they're in the cold and they're in the sewer, and no one knows he's down there. No one knows, and more than likely, no one's going to miss him either. So, yeah, mm-hmm. except for those other people at the shelter that were hanging out with him. Exactly. So, Frank ends up seeing the door. He, he runs and sla- slams into it. And of course, he comes crashing back on the Scrooge set. And I think, well, when he comes cr- crashing through, first thing he does, he knocks <laughs> over a barrel, which of course rolls over the sensor lady again. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And then I think this is where he's hiding behind the little people. I'm not positive. I think you're right. I think it was this point, maybe, mm. where he had the little people that he was hiding behind. <laughs> yeah, because I, I didn't yeah. actually write that part down. He's, oh, yeah, it has to be, because that's where Bryce and Grace coming, they get him, and they're right. just like, oh, give it up for him. Frank, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. And then that's when they rush him to the elevator. elevator. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, it's the third ghost, <laughs> and he's like, oh, please. This is giant reaper looking thing yeah it and is like, Grim reaper and i like how he's in there the reaper's like bryce do something yeah. or something like that and then he's like it's just one of our actors he's like that guy is going to be a star yeah then we get a little little quick thing of the screw show getting ready we see mary lou retton doing her cartwheels and backflips and practicing her god blesses everyone line <laughs> yep and we, and we got Grace. Calvin who sees it. Right, sees it. And he's he's got a little like a hopeful look on his face, is how I put it. You know, mm-hmm. this is an uplifting story and it seems to be speaking to him. Then we get Frank upstairs and he's opening the gift from his brother, and it's it's a picture of them together in the frame. And then Frank, even though he's upstairs, he's watching Scrooge on his TV. But then the TV starts talking about being visited by the final spirit. Oh, this was really good too, how they handled it where all of a sudden you start seeing the Reaper show up on that corner. Right. And then his image gets bigger on the screens. And the hand hand all of a sudden comes out and it's like this big giant bony hand that comes up behind him. And then all of a sudden there's a a shot, right? With Elliot. Elliot bursts in saying, honey, I'm home. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Fires a shotgun in the ceiling. Yeah. And then he he fires in the ceiling. He keeps shooting (laughs) at Frank. They're arguing Man. about who's had a worse day, whether it was Elliot or Frank that had a worse day. <laughs> He's like, Elliot, now's not the time. I've had a bad day. He's like, you had a bad day. <laughs> and then Elliot, as he's still firing at him, he's singing the You Better Watch Out song. And then like where he comes across his desk, right? And he's like, <laughs> he looks up at the barrel of the gun and Elliot's like, hello, wabbit. It's funny you say that because I actually work with a guy who we always said looked like Elmer Fudd. So every time he walked oh down the every time we walked down the line, me and some other people would be like, ah, it looks like he's hunting Wesley Wabbit. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying like be very, very quiet? <laughs> oh, so eventually Frank gets away, gets into the elevator. He sees the ghost of Christmas future. He th- of course, he thinks it's the costume thing again, but it's not. Yeah. This time, it's the real deal. <laughs> what was he? He's like, hey, buddy, don't get so close or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And no, he's he like, works like, for, he's like, he's like, he's like it, work, it might work with the chicks, but not with me. <laughs> so listen, you talked about scenes, scenes that would scare you as a kid. This scene probably had to be it creepy, did. where he opens mm-hmm. the room and you're like seeing the souls of people inside. Because yeah. it was like a, 
that was like a nightmare on Elm Street moment. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought too. Where yeah, where the, all the souls. And I like. I do like how it was. I mean, it was puppets. You could tell yeah. it was puppets they used, but it was freaky. Mm-hmm. It was real freaky, and it just it like how he had to impact. do like a double take. Yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like, no. He's like, yeah. Oh man, I forget what he said too. After he's like, you might want to get that looked at. I think <laughs> is what he said. <laughs> Probably so. Yeah, and then the elevator malfunctions, and the, he ends up getting let off the floor. But of course, this is the future, and he sees. Calvin's now in a padded room and Grace is coming to comfort him. And mm-hmm. she's wearing like something you would see in almost in like a nativity type scene. Yeah. This, where or she's something like, or something you'd see in like a sci-fi post-apocalyptic yeah. movie. <laughs> Which who knows, maybe in the future that could, you know, be that way. Cause uh, you know, he was all about like acid rain and blah, blah. So maybe True. she was wearing those scarves in order to protect herself. Very true. Very true. It, it looks like she's just getting there, and yet the, the person that works at the place is already yelling, "Visiting hours are over." Right? Because I think she just said. Then she sit there and say, uh, "I just got here." Right. I think she does say that. Yeah. And then Frank turns to look at the Christmas future, and I don't know how. I like how he said there. He's like, "Don't worry, I got connections. I, I can, I can get them out of there, or something <laughs> like that." But I like how he couldn't walk down that hall very well. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, he ends up, like you said, going down the hall. He heads outside, and you see Claire having lunch with friends. But this is a very different-looking oh, Claire. Yeah, this was... And I actually kind of remember this scene as a kid, too, because I thought it was a little creepy, the way that she looked and the right. way that she responded to the kids. Because they give her, like, that kind of... I don't know, kind of like that powdered ghost... Powder, yep. That's exactly, yep. ...look on her, you know, and they just put, like, the red lips and the dark yeah. eyeliner and stuff on her. And she was talking about bitchy herself right there, mm-hmm. you know. But she yeah, brings she, up that quote that he told her. Yeah, because like you said, she's telling these poor kids that are asking for stuff to get away, you know. She and she even mm-hmm. she's remembering that Frank Frank told her to save myself and don't worry about others. And that's why she's turned like this in the future, which is not good, not good. Because yeah, what was it? She was like, "Thank you, Lumpy." Yeah, because you know, that yeah, was the yeah, name that was she the gave nickname. him. Yeah, <laughs> ever since they bumped heads. Yep. She's like, that's going to be a bad lump. And then she just called him lumpy ever since. Yeah. Hashtag lumpy. So Frank, once again, is looking at himself in the future and he's seeing himself, but like as his face transformed Mm -hmm. to a skull, you know, elevators taking off and they let him off in the, they let Frank off on some random floor and he goes out and of course he sees a coffin and then he sees the Winnie Mallet character. So his brother's girlfriend and he's like, oh no, my brother died. What'd he do? But then, no, the brother walks over and he's realizing that he's the one who died. Mm. And I think this is the first time we see his full name, Frank Xavier Cross. Francis. Francis Francis Xavier Cross. You're right. And he's going to be cremated. He's like, no, no, no. He's trying to be kind of funny because if I'm right, if I remember correctly, in the X-Men, Professor Xavier, Mm -hmm. I think his name is also... um, I want to say either it's like Xavier Francis or maybe also Francis Xavier, which is kind of funny to think about it. Hang on. Yeah, man, his name's Charles, though. That's right. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> I was going to say Charles Xavier. Hang on. Was it Charles Francis Xavier? I think so. I think that's yeah. what his name is. Oh, man. Because I was like, man, that sounds so familiar. And I was like, Xavier for the, yeah. the middle name. I was like, that's interesting. Yeah, Charles Francis Xavier. <laughs> okay, then. 
Hmm. Now that I did not know. But yeah, the coffin's about to be cremated. He's trying to pull it back. Of course, you're not going to pull this big coffin back. But then it cuts to him, and he's inside the coffin trying to beat his way out and beat his way out. And eventually he does, and he beats his way out of the elevator. And he's saying, hallelujah, hallelujah. He's happy to be alive. He's <laughs> like, I want to live. I want to live. And Elias, of course, he gets back. Elias still pointing the shotgun at him. So I wonder from Elias' point of view, like, was he gone for a while or was he not really ever gone and like no time actually passed? I'm not sure. I how bet that you worked. it felt. I bet you it felt like no time passed. Yeah, you're yeah, probably I think right. From Elliot's perspective, like nothing, none of that, nothing. I bet you to him it felt place. like the doors closed for a moment and then they just in the elevator. Yeah, and then just came yeah. back. And Frank's so happy. He's like. He's even kissing the sun. That's what, there's a pic. There's a sun artwork on the wall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's kissing that. And you know what's kind of funny? I was telling Chad. I was like that sun mural reminded me of the mall that we always used to go visit, or that we would always go to. Eastland Mall. Go, yeah. Hmm. Okay. I don't remember those. They had like the sun the logo. Yeah, oh, it was pretty okay. cool. And he he keeps talking to Elliot, even though Elliot's got the shotgun pointed at him. He's talking about how he's happy to be alive, and he finds like. Are you glad to see me, or is there a shotgun in your pocket? <laughs> and I like too, where he takes the shotgun out of Elliot's hand, throws it to the floor, and it blasts off somewhere. Yeah, even and he he slings him into he slings Elliot like he's being very violent with Elliot. He's, he's being very much at this point the ghost of Christmas present. Mm-hmm. There, there you go, yeah, because he slings him into the wall, and then he goes over. He's like, "Let's do a high five and they do the normal high five, <laughs> and then he even turns around, and puts a shoe uh-huh. up there, and all this shoe, and, he's, and Elliot's like. <laughs> <laughs> just like a little smile on the shoe like ew and then he does he does the he does the blowing on the belly thing raspberry as i call it oh yeah and elliot and, laughs at that too yeah <laughs> oh, you can't take a blowing on the belly and not laugh a little bit <laughs> of course <laughs> nobody can stand that without laughing putting that up for challenge for you out there if you can stand a raspberry without laughing post a video <laughs> right and then hashtag raspberry <laughs> as josh that's what josh calls it uh so then frank starts doing like a ring around the rosy type thing with ellie and he's like here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna hire you back at twice the salary i'm gonna put you as vice president in charge of programming and you can get an office upstairs do you want my office no <laughs> <laughs> and then some kind of bell rings and frank frank realizes oh we haven't missed christmas yet and then he, <laughs> he ends up punching elliot like slinging him into right the into elevator, right? <laughs> and now we're at the Scrooge play. They're out there live. Frank shows up. He knows he's gonna have to stop. So, all right. So, so he's downstairs. He's downstairs. <laughs> Scrooge live going on. Scrooge live's going on. Frank goes up. He knows he's gonna have issues with what he's about to do. So he sends E into the the control room, basically where they're controlling the live feed. Since this is going on live, he sends Elliot in there. I think I said E because I wrote him down as E in my notes. <laughs> Elliot goes in there. He's got the shotgun. He's like, you're not going to touch that feed. And, of course, we cut to Preston. He's at home with his wife. He's getting upset because he's like, oh, what are you doing? This is my production. And Elliot's, Elliot's telling them Frank's probably not going to be president in the morning. And Frank even says the same thing on the show. I'm, I'm not, I might not be president in the morning, but I still am right now. <laughs> and Preston's at home screaming at the TV. You bet your ass you won't. And Frank says, <laughs> he's like, it's Christmas Eve, people. Why are you people at home just watching TV? And at this point, Preston's at home. He's got his phone in his hand screaming. They're paying your salary, you ass. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I like to have like they have like all these cats in their home, Preston's home. And those two cats are watching in front of the TV. And he's like, see? <laughs> see? <laughs> talk about like the animal market that he talked about earlier. Right. Well, he ends up ch- flipping on the animal market here in a minute when he gets too angry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Frank's telling the people, I can't believe earlier today I wanted to staple antlers onto a mouse to further my career. And he's talking about family, and he even pulls out the photograph that his brother gave him of those two. He's talking about how the brother looks so cute and how he looks like a taxi with the doors wide open with those big ears he has. (laughs) (laughs) He would say, thank goodness my hair grew in. And then we cut to the bro and their their brother and their friends are they're watching the show. I mean, even yeah. though they're they're together, they're still making it a point to watch the show. And Frank even tells he says on live TV, I gave my brother a towel for Christmas, but the VCR came from Grace. He calls his brother by name, but I can't remember his brother's name. And he's like, And brother, you were right about everything except for the trivia. So it's a good thing you brought up the trivia because he does bring it up back here. Yeah. He's like the boat was the SS Minnow. How do you not know that? And of course, they're oh, watching. The and they're sitting there like, "That's what." I how, do, yeah. how could he know? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, it's weird because like they're shocked, but then the other people on the couch are like, "Ah, yeah!" Like they they immediately accept the fact that he somehow knew this because that's creepy yeah. shit. That you're like, "Wait a minute, mm-hmm. he was not here." How the hell do you know this? Yep. Eventually, Preston gets through to the studio, but he's talking to Elliot, and he's like. Took me that whoever the idiot in charge of this is, he's like, well, that's Bryce, sir, but you're not gonna be able to because he's all tied oh, up right yeah. now and he's he's tied up in Christmas decorations, <laughs> he's tied up with like all the garland and stuff, yeah. literally tied up. <laughs> yeah, and 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 Elliot tells Preston, he's like, I don't think you want to talk to Bryce anyway because he called you a flatulating butthead. And then I don't know what this means, but then Elliot's like. And Bryce said that he never felt that way about a man before, but he liked him in a certain way. <laughs> I don't know where oh. the hell Elliot's going with this. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I was talking about with Preston. Preston gets so angry at this. He literally kicks his damn cat. <laughs> you hear oh, yeah. Around. I remember that. Yeah. That's what I was told. I was like, did he just kick his cat? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, <laughs> he kicked his damn cat. You hear the cat. Yeah. Now we cut back to Frank. He goes and he's kissing this baby and then he he grabs the baby and he pretends like he drops it. He's like, no, it's a, it's a fake. It's not a real baby. He's like, come on, guys. It's a party. It's Christmas Eve. Give me 250 bottles of champagne and put and put it on my dime. And then everyone on there is how happy with that too. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he's, he's saying... He yells out to Elliot, I don't hear any partying in there, Elliot. So what does Elliot do? He fires a damn shotgun through the roof, of course. Frank goes over. He sees a mistletoe, and he ends up kissing one of those solid gold dancers under the mistletoe. After she (laughs) dragged him by the tie. Yeah. But true, she does pull him in for it. But then (laughs) then we cut back, and the censor woman was also in this room. And when he sees she does the mistletoe, she sees Bryce, and there's a mistletoe sitting by (laughs) And so she's like licking her lips in anticipation and goes over to him. And she's like, oh, Mr. Cummings. <laughs> <laughs> and now, it, it's kind of funny because he's all wrapped up in garland. She's all wrapped up in bandages. So it's yeah, like two mummies kissing. That's true. That's true. It cuts back to Frankie saying that there's actually only one girl he wants to kiss. And now it cuts to Claire. And apparently this homeless shelter has a TV because they're all sitting around watching this little Scrooge live. Next thing you know, you got Claire on TV. Well, Claire hails a cab. 
Well, Claire gets a cat, goes outside to get a cab, and then uh, ah, it's you. actually the ghost of Christmas past that picks her up. Uh-huh. And she's like, take me to whatever that place is. And he's like, what floor? <laughs> and then Frank's singing, fa la 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 He gives a speech about how on Christmas Eve, everyone acts a little nicer, smiles a little easier, cheers a little more. He's like, it's a miracle. And if you waste it, you'll burn for it. And I get, he's thinking about Hayward. You know, Hayward wasted it. Yeah. And look how he turned out. It wasn't good. And you can see Frank's letting out a lot of emotions in this scene. Then we cut to Grace's son. And she comes, he comes up to Frank and actually whispers, God blesses everyone. So it's the first time he's spoken in five years. And this is where you get Claire. She's now behind the TV. And Frank actually not only pulls her, he picks her up and carries her. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> She's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> And then he puts on a top hat, gives her a kiss, and this is where they sing, Chad, put a little love in your heart. And I have to give a lot of credit to Bill Murray in this scene as well, because you see where even the emotion is building up for him. So he gives the character kind of like that, a little bit of a welling of tears in his eyes towards the end of his long speech. Right. Uh, So you really end up, liking the character at the end there that's pretty know, funny everything was, he went through i was reading on the um wiki page for it that that bill murray during that scene like went off script and was just kind of just talking or whatever yeah and to the point where even richard donner thought like oh my god has has he snapped like has he lost his mind <laughs> <laughs> he probably has because i mean that whole bit of dialogue was long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was very long. So he probably was sitting there thinking like, oh my God, how do I connect all of this? Mm-hmm. And then he just had to fill into the character, I think, and then just go by, well, this is, I think, how the character, the, con- the, the, the character, <laughs> the character <laughs> will connect the dots for the dialogue <laughs> and make it seem smooth. And we could tell Bill Murray, he's good at ablib anyway. Yeah. So you know, especially right. when you talk about that scene with the the sensor lady and he ad lived some of that. That was good stuff. And then, like you said, he looks up. He sees he sees the homeless man Herman. He sees Christmas present, Christmas past. He sees the old boss Hayward. He sees those demon souls. And then we get a cut to Elliot dancing in the booth. And then we get the sensor lady climbing <laughs> all over Bryce Cummings here. <laughs> I like how when they were all singing, yeah. And then it cuts to the souls and the features chest and you see them like oh (laughs) we get a quick cut back to preston's house and him and his wife are dancing so maybe they're gonna forgive frank who knows oh yeah he's like yeah let's have the men sing it or something oh that's right and he's like all right yeah let's have the real men sing it i'm like the fuck and then he (laughs) he does the thing with the women he's like all right women now join in now let the real women do it and then he's like and now you the person that was making noise during the whole movie (laughs) <laughs> i guess we're seeing it theatrically but the credits start and then really the only thing you get if you watch through the credits is eventually bill murray walks back up while put a little love's playing and it comes up scrooged over his body but no in credits wipes away the letters specifically the o's <laughs> that's what i noticed maybe i was wrong the o's. I don't know. <laughs> and that is scrooged everyone yay, yay. Now we're gonna we're gonna go take a look and see what our fans thought about this film. First of all, okay. okay? All right, all right. So, totally rad Christmas. That's appropriate name for right now. Say it's one of my all time faves. 
I like that. Totally rad. Totally. That's hashtag totally. <laughs> hashtag rad. <laughs> hashtag Christmas. Hashtag Christmas. All right, my buddy's Scott and Frankie, so I don't know which one actually wrote this. Could count for both of them, but over a shoot the flick, they say Scrooge is my favorite telling of a Christmas carol. It's so fun and so meta. You can't go wrong with Bill Murray. Mm. That's yeah, I would agree. That's a very good point. Yeah. The nerdy photographer says, be nicer to Elliot Loudermilk. (laughs) (laughs) I have no problems with Elliot. I feel bad for him. Like all the shit he goes through in that one day. Yeah. Or maybe even two days, I guess, technically. Right. Yeah. The Multiverse of Badness podcast says, most underappreciated Christmas flick ever. Murray is literally at the top of his comedic timing in this movie and turns a predictable story into an absolute classic. Mm -hmm. i agree yep Yep, i can agree with that especially for a christmas carol like Mm -hmm. everything else usually a lot of the retellings or reimaginings are very very on point with the story like they're very kind of on script we'll say for better lack of term but with this one they kind of take the bones of it and then do their own thing with Mm -hmm. it which is really good all right the heritage film club says nice this is our next movie also so make sure you go check out them and see their review of how they decide to talk about scrooge nice by the time this comes out that should be out as well i would think Dwayne smith says this is my absolute favorite christmas film i watch it every year bill murray at his very best he is perfectly cast karen allen is beautiful the three ghost choices are brilliant with Carol Kane being the absolute funniest. <laughs> <laughs> so many memorable scenes and quotable lines. And a cute kid. We couldn't agree more. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Chris from the Chris and Christine show says, fantastic. Uh, let's see. The Pub Time Podcast. Fantastic. Posts, the Pub Time <laughs> Podcast posts a gif of Ghost of Christmas Pass and the calf smoking. Nice. Excuse me if I get the wrong name wrong on this. Leslie Wasson. 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 I don't know. I thought I'm gonna go with Wasson. Says this was my favorite Christmas movie when I was little. All right. Last one. Matthew Caddish from the Salty Nerd podcast says, "Dude, I love Scrooge. One of the best Christmas movies ever." Richard Donner and Bill, Bill Murray. Yes, please. And then he wants to. <laughs> he's got a. That's awesome. Yeah. He's got some. A few questions from us. One, which is your favorite ghost and why? I think we all answered that by saying uh, Christmas present. Yeah, absolutely. Carol Kane, Carol Kane, Carol Kane, <laughs> and more Carol Kane. I honestly <laughs> think they should have did more with her because I felt like her segment was a little <laughs> shorter than the others. Yeah. I kind well, of agree with that. Well, I don't know about future. Goes, future one was pretty short. Future was pretty short, yeah. Yeah. Another question, which of the IBC TV shows would you watch? We all three said the night the reindeer <laughs> <Yes>. died. <laughs> yes. That is going to be a hell of an action-packed 22 minutes or whatever mm. it is. <laughs> <laughs> it has to. <laughs> Very little uh, commercials to it or something. Well, even in the 80s, if you think about it, they had more time with screen time than it is today. So they probably had at least a good 25 minutes compared to today where they got so about 20 minutes. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I know even like the old, old home improvement episodes, they're like 21, 22 minutes if you watch them yeah, like on wow. DVD without commercials. So, yeah. And then his last question What do you think of the anti capitalist message in the film? Hmm. I'm definitely anti capitalist. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. down with the capitalist 
It's pins. very. <laughs> I think it's very much what comes down to Christmas. I think it, mm-hmm. it's really putting Christmas in front of your faces as far as, or better yet, it's putting a mirror in front of your face because every Christmas year it is about buy this, buy this, buy this, mm-hmm. buy this. And it's commercials for God, for everything. Oh, commercials for him, commercials for her, commercials for the kids. If you really love your family, you would buy them this. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, yeah, it's pretty, especially with him being a TV executive mm-hmm. and him and, you know, their job trying to be like get as many eyes as they can on their channel for the time of the year because they're wanting the money. Like that. Uh, the ad revenue yeah yeah like preston said that's because they're paying your paychecks or something like that Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean it fits with the overall you know message of the movie which is you know it's all about compassion and love and kindness and being with the surrounding yourself with people that you love and everything so yeah and i think if scrooge was a television executive then this is exactly what scrooge would be Mm mm-hmm all right, and last last thing Matthew Caddish had to add was also fun fact: this was Murray's return to acting after taking a hiatus from Ghostbusters, which uh, we brought up. So yeah, that covers everything. So I guess now we I can... mean, Ghostbusters two was what a year after the year after. So yeah, when he came back, okay. he did two ghost comedies right back to back. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh wow, that's a that's pretty cool to think about. <laughs> I didn't I, honestly, I didn't know that he took a four year hiatus. I didn't know either. Looking up the stuff on this movie, I didn't realize that either. So that was definitely something interesting to learn. I think he was debating on whether or not he would come back at all. (laughs) I mean, it seems like he Mm. was really thinking about it. Well, it sounds like he was at that point, he did really good. Probably, you know, doing setting well financially that he was just like, yeah, don't need to worry about it. But do you think too, by the way, Josh, like with, the last question there do you think it what do you think it spoke on consumerism and capitalism yeah it's definitely telling you you know you're, you're focusing on the wrong things focus on family and that's the message they're pushing across at the end i think and the, uh, the only problem i have is i don't know like frank is such an asshole i don't know that he truly still even becomes likable by the end i don't think he's <laughs> yeah. gone through quite enough well, you know, and even even Bill Murray said that it was very difficult to play the character from, you know, making him this unlikable guy into making trying to make him a care a likable character at the end. Um, he said it was incredibly difficult to do. I think Bill Murray did about as good a job as you can. Mm-hmm. I kind of think he needed to go through more because like even when he comes back from that first ghost, he's still an ass. So he's not yeah. mm-hmm. it's not working. He's still putting career first. He's making that very clear. Yeah, maybe if they did maybe a little bit more with the future ghost, just a little bit more with that. Make it more traumatic. Yeah. A little more traumatic. Because yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think the the Chris the uh present ghost at least got the ball rolling Mm -hmm. i think in terms of some change for him but yeah i think i I do think the future one went by really quick to just kind of wrap up some things and so that whole dialogue that he did at the end could have been trimmed down a little bit in order maybe to do a little bit more with the future ghost perhaps yeah all right you guys ready to rate this thing yeah what do you give it i give this four out of five toasters (laughs) 
that's that's a good one. Nice. I give it. I think I'm gonna do four, four wings, fairy wings, chicken wings, Chris. Four chicken. Or we could do uh, four fairy dusts. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm with you guys. I'm gonna give it uh, four stars out of five. Yeah, I think that seems it's, it's a good assessment. I think so too. I think it's kind of surprising too, Josh, when you told us the ratings like 70 percent audiences on rotten tomatoes yeah 71 yeah. i was surprised with that too that seems a little low than what i agree I, would be. I agree especially when there's a lot of people i don't know it seems like there's a lot of people who love the movie when i think you go through at least social media and you bring it up right yeah so it is kind of surprising oh i agree i thought it was it was definitely low from, from what i thought it was going to be you yeah know? Because, I mean, Rotten Tomatoes is just based on whether you think it gets a passing grade or not, and only 71% thinks it gets a passing grade. Yeah. That seems low. All right, so now I guess we need to talk about what's coming for the future. This wraps up the Christmas season. Exciting. I'm not sure how next week's going to work yet. We might have a bonus episode thrown in there. We might be taking the week off. I'm not sure yet. These guys will be back next month in January as we're going to talk about trading places. Happy New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> and on another note, we're going to do the put another poll on Twitter. And at the time, if you're listening to this, when it comes out, that poll should be up. So make sure you head over to the Twitter page at YNF Movie Pod so you can vote. But we're going to reveal our choices to go on the poll now. So you'll have three choices, one from the, each of us to vote on and which one we'll cover next month. So, Chris, you want to kick it off? Oh, uh, sure. I choose Terms of Endearment, 1983, starring uh, Jack Nicholson, Shirley MacLaine, and, uh, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting her name now. It went out of my head. Uh, Winger, Deborah Winger. There we go. Oh, okay. I'm going with, well, I'll tell you this, Chris. If that ends up winning this poll, it'll be a movie I have never seen. For real? You've never seen it? Oh, guys, we got to push for this. So hashtag Terms of Endearment. Push it on there. (laughs) And vote, 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 vote. For my pick, I'm going with a movie from 1971. Another one I've never seen is called McCabe and Mrs. Miller, starring Warren Beatty and Julie Christie. I haven't seen a lot of Westerns. I'm hoping that the information I looked up was right, because I was basically trying to look at something that had a wintry slash snowbound setting in it. This movie did come up, so I'm hoping that at least some of it is set in the snow. It actually sounds very interesting, and I've seen the trailer for it before. I've never seen the movie, so this will be a first for me as well. But but for one, I can definitely say I love Julie Christie. I think she's just a terrific actress. All right, so I'm guessing this will be a first time watch for all of us because I doubt Chad's randomly seen McCabe and Mrs. Miller, or we haven't. <laughs> uh, no, I have not seen this movie. Oh, Chad, that's where you sit there and go, what are you talking about? I have seen this movie. Play cool, play cool. <laughs> all right, Chad, what's your pick? My pick is a French film called Angela or Angela or something, uh, but it's directed by Luc Besson. It's a French movie. Um, don't ask me to name the actors. I don't remember <laughs> the actress, <laughs> but we know I, Luke Besson. But we do know Luke Besson, who directed uh, most famously, probably is um, the Fifth Element, mm-hmm. and, and then, uh, Leon the Professional, I believe. Yeah, yeah. and I think 
more recently the Valerian. The Valerian movie, uh, which uh, I heard I haven't seen that one, but I, I heard mean, it sucked for air. <laughs> I thought it was all right. It was fine. I've not seen that, so I cannot comment. All right, so those are your three choices: Terms of Endearment, McCabe is Mrs. Miller, and Angel A or Angela, maybe. But it's definitely when you look up it, it's Angel A. Those would be the movies you know, on the poll. Make sure you head over there and vote. Go ahead, Chris. You know, the thing is, too, is that these are three very, very <laughs> different movies from each other. <laughs> so it's going to be very interesting to see what people will swing for. But yeah. guys, make sure you do go and vote because we really do appreciate your input on this. Um, it's been so much fun to do the polls with you guys. And we're glad to be able to do three different ones in order to maybe make it a little more difficult for you guys to choose in some respect. So we hope to have actually more polls as we go along. And thank you, Josh, for having us on board to do this with you because it's been an absolute joy. Oh, absolutely. I love having you on. And I agree. I think we're going to at least once a month, the three of us are going to each pick a different movie. So these polls are going to be very wide spread in genre and what <laughs> they're about so. you know <laughs> mm-hmm. we might be all over the place because no i thought about making it easy and just winning this poll without even you guys having a chance and picking the hateful eight because <laughs> it would have been an easy winner but i decided not to hey don't worry i feel like i'm probably going to be the loser in a lot of these polls because i i feel like i do some of the obscure or the weird stuff or the sappy stuff so I mean, this is going going to be interesting. I'll be lucky if I win one of these polls. So we'll see. I don't know. Even if I haven't seen it, Terms of Endearment is a pretty well-known movie. (laughs) It is. It's a well-known, but against (laughs) McCabe and Mrs. Miller and against Angel A, I'm kind of curious how it's going to work out. (laughs) I mean, we got the French film looks absolutely beautiful for the cinematography, Mm -hmm. you know, just from what I've seen. And McKay, Mrs. Miller, never seen it, but it's one of those classics as well, from what I understand. And you got two great classic actors in that one. And Terms of Endearment, it's like one of those big tearjerker films everyone <laughs> always goes to and refers. So it's, yeah, this is going to be fun, you guys. We want to see who, who wins it. So, But you guys have any predictions? I think Terms of Endearment is going to take it, honestly. Really? Think so? That's that's what I think. What about you, Chad? Chad's um, like, I'm gonna win, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Chad's yeah, so competitive. I'm to put that out there. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know. I mean, these are they're very like you guys they said, are. they're very different films, so it's hard to say which um I guess it just depends on the day of the week and the mood of the <laughs> of the audience <laughs> and they're picking it. Or people just might, but I don't know any of these fucking movies. There's a hit one. I am worried about some of that. As well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited, you guys. It's, but either it's way, so you know, fun. I mean, I think either with whatever ends up winning, I mean, it'll be a, you know, good viewing experience with whatever we end up with. Well, I know I'm pulling for my own movie, so call me selfish, but I'm pulling for my own choice. <laughs> Just because I feel, like I said, I feel like I'm going to choose the weird ones out every time, but we'll see. Oh, I will outweird you. Oh, <laughs> okay. Like, That's a challenge now. That's a challenge. We'll see. Well, I mean, I can outweird you if you'd like. I don't. Ooh, okay. There we go. Oh, there's, there's... Well, yeah, I guess, guys, you've heard it here. We'll the next poll after this one. We'll see what we all pull out. <laughs> That's you, don't, you don't want me to pull a 
You don't want me to pull a necromantic out of my back pocket. You don't want that. <laughs> oh, no. No, <laughs> I am don't. not watching Please that don't. again. <laughs> that or Human Centipede or Serbian film. Yeah, none of that. Not, none of that. I will, I will, uh, I will voluntarily <laughs> just Go sit that excuse myself out? from that episode. Yep. <laughs> Chad. Well, Josh, I'm kind of surprised. I don't think a Serbian film would be right up your alley either. I, I mean, I've seen it. It's not an easy watch. Mm-mm. So I remember you telling me that was mm, yeah you had a hard time with it. No, well I didn't say a Serbian film. Chad brought up a Serbian. <laughs> <laughs> no hostile, no no torture porn movies, please. I, I can do all right <laughs> with hostile, but like oh necromantic was so crazy. I'm cool with that one time viewing, and that's it. <laughs> oh my god, what was the name of that? Uh, I have to look it up. There, I can't remember the name of that Spanish uh, short film of the corner that like sexually molests the corpse or something as he's like what? cutting it's it was on netflix one time like what? 10 years ago it was on netflix it's a like a half hour short film i forget I've what it's heard called. Of that one yeah, if i find out i'll let you know but i can't remember the name of it. maybe somebody who's listening to the episode will know but so can we keep necrophilia out of this <laughs> <laughs> maybe for all of you guys who like ne- who like necromantic, yeah, go home. That's go cool. Home. That's cool. That's fine for you guys. But, ooh, that one time viewing I've had of both of those films, mm-hmm. I'm I'm okay. Like, nope, we're good. <laughs> and Human Centipede's the same way. I'm like, nope, I I don't need to see those. I've seen the first one, and that was hard to get through a little bit. I was seeing the first one, and then like the second one, like my roommate and I were watching it, and we were just, like, we got to a point where we we're just like, we had it like on. Uh, fast forward speed like mm-hmm. where you could watch it but it was oh. real, but it wasn't playing any right. of the sound or it's like oh what the fuck yeah <laughs> all right guys let's go ahead and get out of here tell everybody where you can find you chat kicks off uh twitter letterbox green screen grin and then you can find me on instagram at x tofer of oz and on twitter at cbc monkey and you're also on letterbox correct chris I am. I think I can't remember my screen name for that. I one, think it's, I think it's, <laughs> he's a slow. I think it's CBC uh, Monkey. Too, slow participant yeah. on that one. So, but I'm on there somewhere. If you're yeah. able to use my real name for it, then you could probably find me that way too. So, I'm on there. I just don't really have reviews. I just have ratings. That's all right. Uh, don't worry, guys. I'm gonna, talk, re- I'm gonna talk Chris into. One. He's got all his movie oh, done, yeah. where he's mm-hmm. put all them in. So, starting next year, he's gonna log them as he watches them and. Probably some reviews, some not. We'll see. That's gonna be your New Year's resolution. Well, most of my reviews you can find like on Instagram when I do that stuff. So, but Very it's true. been a while. I need to, but that's if you're curious and you want to read some of my stuff, Instagram would be the place to do it. All right. And as always, you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at YNF Movie Pod. Make sure you're following that Twitter. That's where we're most active. At least I'm most active. I'll interact with you. I'm gonna eventually get these two guys to become more active on Twitter. I promise. I'm trying. I'm like an old man. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to be like, how do I interact? Here? I don't know. I mean, I'll, my Twitter's only got like maybe 15 followers out of everything, so I don't know. Well, you got more followers than I do, but I just like with the 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 phone. I'm like, how does fucking Tweety Box gadget work? <laughs> but Instagram, I, I'm I got you know that one. I'm I'm good at, but uh, yeah. I need to learn more with Twitter, Josh. So maybe you can teach me. You can be my mentor, my Obi-Wan Kenobi. 
All right. Sounds good. Cause we're going to get you more involved because I have lots of interactions on Twitter and that's also where you'll be voting on these polls at. So make sure yes, you follow Josh will be your, Josh will be your Mr. Escalante. <laughs> <laughs> and you always, you can just go to linktr.ee slash YNF movie pod. That'll have all the links, Twitter, Instagram, my letterbox is on there, the different podcast platforms. And if you think we've done a good job and you're listening on Apple or Podchaser or good pods or anywhere else that could leave a review, Go ahead and do that. Apparently, it helps the algorithm, helps the show get seen more. So that would help out a lot. As I said, I don't know what's coming next week, but we'll definitely see you back in January for sure if we don't have a bonus episode before then. Until then, you guys take care. I'll talk to you next time. <laughs>